Okay, Allie, um, I'm gonna have it. I have an admission to, to make. I, I really didn't take very detailed notes about this one like we always do. Like I, I have like I have that little small journal, and I've got maybe like six small like pages of large handwriting of notes. So it's probably less than I would do. So if you want to pick up the slack, how much notes do you have? One. One page. Ah, well, looks like it's going to be another solo show. Welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And we are a married couple showing each other the... 80s movies of our childhood. <laughs> ah, 54 episodes in or whatever. 50, yeah, 54 episodes in and I think we finally really got this formula down. Allow me to seamlessly segue from that to, and this week. <laughs> no, the best part about <laughs> this the, episode. It's the best part about Wow, I guess I won't seamlessly no, segue. No, yeah, because I just want to say. The best We're part about that. a great start. Is that for the first time I was like, I don't need those opening notes. I don't need that like cheat sheet of things that I should have memorized. Dumbo, it was the, it was the feather <laughs> all along. You can't fly. You're an elephant. You idiot. <laughs> I think what also threw me was that MTV meme we saw earlier that was yeah, like, yeah, the, the, wait a minute, no, 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 no. You were thrown by an MTV meme, so you couldn't say, and we're a couple showing each other the '80s movies of our married couple that showing each other the '80s, 80s movies of our childhood. Threw me because '80s. Only 14 the, years ago, so it was no 80s was not only 14 years ago. Yes, it was. Honey, I, I hate to break it to you, 80s were 31 Shut years up, ago. It was only 14 years ago. <laughs> this movie came out in 1988. No, it was 32 years it ago. It doesn't work. It doesn't track. Anyway, the movie we saw was this week was Willow, directed by Ron Howard, from based on a idea by George Lucas from 1972, probably from his very early version of D and D that he was playing. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would imagine so. Yeah. So this movie was originally going to be called Munchkins, by the way. Oh God. Yeah, Munchkins. Oh God. Yes. Oh God. Uh, you know, there's a there's a statement that Lucas made at one point saying he was you know like I I you know all my movies uh, star the little guy but in this time I decided to make it more literal. I. I. <laughs> that was a bad I, George Lucas impression. I'm I, sorry. Hold on. Hold I, on. I do have to hold say on. neck waddle as him. You think my voice would sound more like him? I'm so offended by this right now. I know you're you're offended by this, but what you really need to be doing is telling me your elevator pitch. What? No, I already elevator pitch. It's like you don't even see the bus because the bus is always just swinging by and you don't notice it. Okay, so all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Here's my elevator pitch. All right, let's get it going. Okay, let's get it on. Okay, it's the Ewoks. But they're hobbits, ah. and they go on an adventure. Shaven Ewoks, eh? Shaven Ewoks. I'm into it. Okay. Although the Ewoks just went on an adventure with the late Wilford Brimley. Oh, my God. Rest his soul. <gasps> oh, rest in peace, Wilford. <laughs> rest in peace, star of Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. <laughs> rest in peace, diabetes. <laughs> wow, dude. Dude. Wow. First of all, could have gone with Quaker Oats. <laughs> I, could have, I could have also gone with, <laughs> we'll Although never grow old and we'll never die. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, he never cocooned. Yeah, he well, he might have cocooned. We just don't know. Maybe. They said he died. So well, that could be the the myth that Steve Gutenberg's saying to cover up. You know, oh, telling everybody. Oh, I see what you're talking about. I want to point out that Wilford Brimley was only like seven or eight years older than we are now. I would when like he to, made Cocoon. Can we just talk about the fact that Wilford Brimley he was, was born, born 70. Yeah, he was born like a true adult. Yeah. And by a true adult, you mean a, a talking grandpa. cartoon walrus. They're like literally a grandpa. Why am I roasting the late Wilford Brimley? <laughs> I mean, his politics kind of sucks, but, like, oh I, like, but I like Wilford you know Brimley. Who he is? Oh my God, I just made this connection, John. You know who he is? He's the, 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 the cowboy dude who sings the b- 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 c- 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 cow man. Oh my God, help me. I'm having you mean, are, you, are, you, are you talking about, you're probably not talking about Mel Tillis. Who is Mel Tillis? The stuttering country singer, but he didn't stutter when he sang? No, no, this you're is You're talking like about Billy Goat, 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 No, goat, no. no, this is a, oh, I'm going to find it. Fuck. No, you're not. Allie, Allie, Keep we talking. could have listened to you. We, at this point, <laughs> not even including the whatever opening segment we end up doing and not including the credits, we could have listened to six Ramon songs, and we haven't even gotten to the, you, the goddamn movie. You have to do movie. your elevator pitch. No, well, you, no I, you didn't give me a chance yet. Okay. My elevator pitch is, what if The Lord of the Rings was kind of 80s, not nearly as good, and had Val Kilmer? Okay, it's like Die Hard, but in the Shire. Oh! There. Better. Okay. I'm in. All right, anyway, so <laughs> Willow, <laughs> released in 1988. Yes, I showed this to Allie. She had never seen this yes. movie, um, you know, which, uh, you know, not not surprising. It, it wasn't a flop by any means, but it was not the big, huge, raucous blockbuster success that people mm-hmm. expected it to be because it was George Lucas doing a fantasy film. I mean, the George Lucas part was where they thought the success was. Fantasy films were notoriously bad for box office like they like the 80s was an interesting time because they constantly tried to make fantasy movies and most of them didn't do that well you know they they crambone yes tom and jerry crambone uncle pecos yes do you remember this no i don't and let's not watch uh, okay. it now i'm not gonna tell you to watch it now but uh, but those okay, apparently if, listening. if every if everyone wants to know what i'm apparently going to be doing in an hour and a half <laughs> Uh, and you want to join in at the end of the podcast? You can sync up with me at, at you know and, and watch watch Uncle Pecos Crambone on YouTube with Tom and Jerry or some crap. Yep. Instead of I don't know doing your podcast that you have to do, like, or, you know, like I, <laughs> or editing your podcast, which you probably will have to yeah. do. So anyway, yep. uh, yeah, this movie directed by Ron Howard, oh. uh, screenplay by Bob Dolman, yep, who I feel too. like I know that name. I'm sure you do. Uh, I know him from Willow. He does. Oh, whoa, he did a lot of uh, work on SCTV uh, and WKRP okay, and other shows that were uh, initialisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I don't really know him. I mean, I probably know his name from SCTV credits. Allie's trying to fool around with me I'm in the middle of our podcast. No, I'm not. Wow, you're so drunk. Oh, my God, I was just being nice. Oh, you know, I'm just teasing Aww. you. Aww. Aww. I was just being sweet. I know, I'm just teasing Aww. you. So anyway, this uh, yeah, this year this year is a movie, and we this should, a movie. honey, we, can we talk about the reason why I'm probably being really? Uh, you drank too much before the podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. no why I'm oh. literally being you during this podcast is because I wrote one note. No, and also you drank too much before the podcast. No, That's too I weird. I didn't drink that. Okay, I did that. that that much okay, I did, but okay, but uh, no. you drank three drinks, which for a normal Earthling is like seven drinks. You were a mess. Is this in dog years? 
No, it's in dog moves. <laughs> so anyway, yes, this movie, the Willow. It's yes. a fantasy movie. It's, it's a George thing. Lucas. Uh, George let's Lucas, get into it. Let's 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 be honest. George Lucas uh, went into a bit of a slump after the war, the wars in the stars. Uh, you know, he wars. The wars in the, the stars. The wars in the stars. In oh, the stars. In the stars. I was I was describing Star Wars. Okay. Here's okay. the money. Go see a Star Wars. Do I do I need to pause this? No. Get you some black coffee. I'm good. Why? Okay, take another sip, rub a dub. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's actually do I'm this. I'm listening. Episode. Seven minutes and thirty-seven <laughs> seconds into the podcast, post credits, <laughs> post haste. So okay. Okay. So anyway, yeah. Willow. Lucas was at Lucas was in a bit. Into a bit of a tailspin after the Star Wars. Uh, you know, I think his previous involved thing was Howard the Duck, which we'll end up doing one day. We've both seen that one, though, oh, yes, right? Yes, we have. Yeah, we've already seen that, so that will that'll be one of our multiples of fun. That was almost going to come up soon, but instead, no, but instead we have wow, whoa, 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 we'll we slow it down, slow it down, Ace, slow it down, Ace. Let me finish say... the thought, and then we can move to that. Oh, point. fine. I can't remember what the thought I was going to finish. Anyway, right, Lucas ahead. wasn't doing. Anyway, the point is, Willow was not the was not the was not the solid comeback that he was expecting. Yes. Um, I will say this. Uh, speaking of Wilford Brimley, Cocoon uh, was Cocoon. was just it was in post production, and Ron Howard, who directed that, uh, you know, Lucas approached him. He had worked with the Ron Howard in American Graffiti. The Ron Howard. I didn't say the. It sounded like you said the Ron Howard. No, well, maybe I did. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, Lucas approached him with, you know, like he. Had, in fact, he did. Anyway. <laughs> Do you need me to make you some coffee? If you hear, oh, if you hear a horrible grinding noise, that's me <laughs> freshly grinding the beans for you the guys, coffee to I'm sober fine, alley up. Yeah. Y'all, mm-hmm. y'all, I'm fine. I said you guys, but I shouldn't. Have yeah. done. Y'all, oh, I'm fine. I didn't say it like that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, he approached Ron Howard, who is in post production for Cadu. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the one that's had too much to drink. Yes, <laughs> Ron Howard. Anyway, Ron Howard said he expressed interest. He wanted to make a fantasy movie, and again, since about 1972, Lucas had wanted to make this movie, but he was he was waiting for the effects to catch up, like oh. like he did with the prequels. Lucas liked to wait a really long time to follow through on his ideas until two things had happened: one, the effects had caught up, and two, he had lost his fastball. Well, <laughs> like he's like, yeah. I don't want to strike while I'm able to really throw in like my while, I, while I'm still a hot young filmmaker who's playing with the, the genre. I want to really wait until I'm established and kind of clumsy about it. Yeah, is uh, was that his plan out. apparently. That's but right. anyway, and I want to get a director who's never been known for pushing the boundaries. Uh, yeah. You know, like not, like like I think most people would agree. Ron Howard is competent. He's a competent director. He is not someone you really want to helm your huge fantasy projects. And I, I mean, and I'm this is someone who liked Solo saying this. He's not really like I like and like Willow. You can tell sometimes the effects get away from him. He doesn't really know how to affect, like direct this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I will agree with that. You know, he's I will but agree with that. but uh, but anyway, Ron Howard like basically said, "Yeah, I want to do this." Lucas said, "Yeah, let's do this." And then they kind of they collaborated on something that really. Ended up being, I'm not gonna say less than the sum of its parts, because if you look at the, the sum of its parts, there's it's 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 kind of interesting what like you know like what they thought they could do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll we'll get to that whenever we Can get I to the end. Question? Yeah, when we ask our end questions. So when was Labyrinth? Eighty-five. And this is eighty-eight. This is eighty-eight. I, I think th- Labyrinth was eighty-five. I'm pretty sure. I feel like this is like their 
attempt at something like Labyrinth. It's got and, elements of Labyrinth. tell you why. And also, it also has elements of The Princess Bride. In fact, I think they actually had the same uh, DP. Oh. Or so. It's DP or, or cinematographer or something. There's something they shared in common with with Princess Bride. But whereas Princess Bride, it felt fresh and cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I guess it depends on which 70s uh, sitcom actor directs. Because uh, Rob Reiner. Rob uh, Reiner, yeah. I will say this, though, Rob uh, Ron Howard never made North. (laughs) So I guess I I, I feel like, uh, you know, if you're, you're, like, Rob Reiner, I think, did better work than Ron Howard. But Ron Howard is consistently. Well, though, Ron Howard did do Apollo 13, and we know how I like that movie. Right, he did that. but But Apollo 13 is a very strong cast. And an existing story. I don't also, know. also, and also, there's also, nothing in the direction of Apollo 13 that's really visionary or groundbreaking. This is true. This is true. This, I'll give you that. And I, I do love that movie. And, and and again, I I just I don't think Ron Howard is a guy to do fantasy. Okay, that's a good point, and I'm with you on that. So it's so like, let's just get like into- I don't think Guillermo del Toro is right for backdraft. <laughs> you know, for the same reason. You don't. We, you know. Can we? <laughs> you know, I was on the set for backdraft. Right? Yes, I know. Yes, I know you. Have I talked about it on here? Yeah, you played the fire. I know, I know. You, I did. I played the fire. Yes, you delivered am, a pizza to the set of Backdraft. And I it, didn't actually deliver a pizza. No, of course you didn't. You weren't. Even, that would have been child labor. You I were was, way too young. I was way too young to do that. That movie came out like what, nineteen ninety? I was young, man. Yeah, that you, was before I went away to Interlochen. So yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I think out. it was fourteen. Yeah, it was fourteen. Probably, I think it was probably filmed in like late '80s, early '90s. Yes, but I was on that set. Good for you. And I met Ron Howard. He was a very nice man. All right? Did he? Yes. Did he? Did he hide his baldness then? He did. He actually did. You know, I I remember there was a period of about like maybe ten or fifteen years where Ron Howard never went anywhere without the hat, hat. on, mm-hmm. and we all knew he was bald. Right. We all knew he was bald, but no one. It was one of those things where it's like, are we gonna talk about this ever? No. We gonna we gonna we gonna ever talk about the fact he's bald? like, I mean, Rob Reiner did it too. Come to think of it, he had like what a good were, point. But. But the thing is, we all kind of knew Ron Howard was bald because, like, Ron Howard was balding in the... You could see Meathead was losing his hair oh. in the 70s. This is true. You know. So, okay, let's get into this movie. Oh, my God, I just thought of another Ron Howard connection in this movie. Tell me. Lay it on me, baby. Gavin O'Herlihy, you know, the guy who plays scumbags. Yeah. Gavin O'Herlihy, uh, who plays Eric. 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 <laughs> Eric. In this movie. Gavin O'Herlihy played... The original Cunningham brother who went up the stairs at the end of season one and never came back. I'm sorry, but my mind just exploded. Yep, that was Gavin O'Hurley. That was Gavin O'Hurley? Yep. <gasps> yeah, if you look at photos, you can see his his weasel face. It's weird because you you, you know you you don't expect. Was it Charlie Cunningham? What was his name? Yeah, I think it was Charlie. But whatever. You don't expect that the evil, like you know the the Sonya of that show. Uh, you know to use an 80s reference Uh, you don't expect him to be an evil duplicitous scumbag like uh, like Gavin O'Hurley he normally is and somehow isn't in this movie but (laughs) maybe that's why Ron Howard cast it I, that's what I'm saying. Like, he was probably like, shit, like, man. I'm well, sorry I'm, about the shit. I'm surprised Clint Howard wasn't in this movie. I was going to say unless that Unless he played the Ebersisk, which was the have. two-headed monster yes, Phil Tippett stop motion thing, which he didn't. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing I want to talk about before I forget. Oh, what? Go ahead. Because I'd there like to get into this movie. Two, there are at least two references that Lucas put in to movie critics. Mm. Well, three, technically. Two and a half. Um, it, it's... Because uh, there's a creature later, later on in the movie, a two-headed monster called an Ebersisk. That is Siskel and Ebert. Eber. Eber Sisk. Ebor Sisk. Yes. Ebert Siskel. Yes. And 
the evil general is named General Kale. Pauline Kale. Oh yeah. Yeah, they like and like it is not even subtle that not he was even like, making, like that he was making like like he was basically making the villains and monsters critics. <laughs> I really do appreciate our our two year old providing background noise and um, they're barely gonna be able to hear. Yeah, well, it's still there. All right, let's get into this movie now because we're now we're fifteen minutes, minutes in. in. Okay, I would like to say that I've taken one note. And what was that note? I'm going to read you said note. Get that out of the let way me, early. Let me, let me get it out of the way early. Okay, this you is not true. I actually wrote, took three notes. You wrote Ron Howard Lula's? Lucas. Lucas. Okay, that was Slash sense. Lucas. M- Mark on the baby looks like a sh- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. Okay, we'll talk yeah. about that. Um, something about the finger is... Something. Oh, yeah, you were the finger thing from... Wait, we'll Fourth talk about finger, it. right? Okay. Yeah. Mims Ronan. I don't know what the heck... The, oh, those are the names of the kids. Yeah. And then I wrote, and this is literally all it says... I am very stressed out about this movie. Yes. Exclamation point. Yeah, it's, it's and that just, is the just, last Allie's note. response to this movie. That was, is the last note I wrote. And I want to tell you, this movie is two out, two plus hours. That is all I wrote. That's all she wrote, folks. That's all but, she wrote, folks. But I, 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 like, yeah, Allie's response to this movie was very much not what I expected. What I was expecting was the general response that one usually gets from willow which is if you if you're not like an 11 year old whenever it comes out or something like that it which is what what the oh god i can't follow it what oh okay so yeah okay there's okay there's a all right yeah ah uh, all right i guess that was okay that is the general response to yeah. willow it is yeah. a 51% on rotten tomatoes kind of movie yeah. it is eh, i guess that was okay did what it was supposed to do is the general I wasn't expecting I, spent, I wasn't expecting I hate you for making me watch this and not because it's bad no which it kind of might be I mean, but but because the entire movie despite my giving her advanced warning not even advanced warning advanced support that no matter what happens and this is a spoiler for anyone who for some reason doesn't realize that we spoil these movies as we go yeah despite this movie will not like, does not hurt the baby ever. The baby's in danger, but the baby is never, ever... Let's just stop and I right s- there. The baby is in danger. Well, that's the plot of the movie, is they after the baby. The baby is in danger the entire fucking movie. But most of the danger is comical by a certain point. The way. baby is in danger... The entire fucking movie. Oh, for crying out loud. So this, this was hard for me. Even though I told this you, was... this baby will end up happy and victorious okay. at the end of the, sh- of I the movie. Wanna, I want to know I said, something. never once will the baby be in serious danger and actually, of actually being hurt. Never once will the baby be hurt. The baby will always escape okay. danger. I want to explain something to all of you. Um, because I have this special relationship with this dude because I'm married to him. Um, all the time that I was pregnant with our first son, I was going through a lot of emotional experiences, hormones, whatever, having, like, getting pregnant, dealing with the pregnancy, blah, 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 blah. It was very abstract to him. He didn't quite get it. Yet the minute that they cut me open and handed our child to him he was like insta in love like immediately without question like this is my child I now am a papa bear like I got this and it's funny to me that 
be, that yet I still hang on to all of the other pieces of it. Like, the, the, I mean, there's so much more emotional connection that I have to other babies. And like we would walk into grocery stores and I would- And you could hear our son crying now. I mean, and I'm losing it. But I, I would we'd walk into a grocery store and I'd hear a baby- How are you still lactating? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, right? I'd hear a baby crying and I'd, be like, and I'd be like, what's wrong? What's wrong with the baby? Like I'd freak out. And that's just like a common mom thing, I guess. But you don't have that. But you do when it comes to our kids. Right, because I can separate reality from fiction. And this is a pretend movie from 32 years ago. You realize that baby is older the than us now. Baby that baby is older than us now. That baby is 70 now. In that baby is older than Ron Howard. That baby is Clint Howard. The baby's Clint Eastwood. I mean, it's it's an old it's a, it's an old baby now. It's an she's she's ancient. She's withered. She's She's not with her. She's Finn Rizil aged. Wow, I cannot believe how many names of these I'm actually picking up now. <laughs> no, seriously, like, I'm, like, naming the names now, but, like, when I was watching this movie... All right, here's the thing. Yes? As you may know, yes. I'm a bit of a nerd. Aww. You may you may know I, 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 I'm someone who's read The Silmarillion more than once. More than twice. More than thrice. <laughs> and uh, I know the difference between, like... Like Feanor, Finarfin, Fingolfin, Finrod, Felagund, Fingon, Turgon, Turum Turumbar, Hurin, Huor, Tuor. I know who these characters are. And I watched this entire movie going, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? I know. This movie was, this was is how normal it. people must feel when I'm thinking, like when I'm watching like Star Wars or, or reading Lord of the Rings with, what the fuck is going on yeah. with this fantasy-ass nonsense. Because yep. it's like, Queen Bathmore of North Noctar is going to invade the kingdom of Ramsesels and, you know, fly the flag of Danblegram, you know, like, to, to cross the Bramble Pelt River to the, the side of Lord Kale of the Night. Can I just say that, like, I play D&D with you and I still feel that way. Yeah, like, it, that's like every time. Y'all are like, oh, the orc tabonka tonks are coming, and I'm like, and I'm like, I don't what fucking have, know what those what are. We, what we have fought in all of the time that we have played D and D, what we have fought have been goblins, Shut up. ghosts. <laughs> we played a game of ghosts and goblins for the NES, really hard game. Um, uh, what else did we do? Wait, we fought. Circus strongmen. <laughs> Never get a chance to punch that tiger. I'm so no, mad. I'm so mad no, that we not. didn't get to punch that no. tiger. Um, weasels. Like yeah, well those are goblins d- dressed in weasel outfits. Oh right. Uh, but but again, we haven't done anything crazy. <laughs> we haven't fought an odiog <laughs> or however it's pronounced. <laughs> there was not been a tarask. There hasn't been a boule. <laughs> a creme brulee. <laughs> Creme brulee, yes. Boule. <laughs> Creme brulee. A land boule. shark. A land shark alley. We haven't fought an ochre jelly. We haven't fought, you know. <coughs> I've died. You've made, you've made we it. Haven't, we haven't gone to the city of doors sigil in the center of the plains. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you that you're making it less interesting for me to want to keep, keep playing? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, hey, friends. I'm not the DM on this. Don't even know. This is true. This is not I your can't, game. I can't, I can't make it any more or less interesting than what we're doing. But nothing nothing you have actually encountered in, in D&D to this point has been wildly weird. Flomper flomps. I was picking random shit out of that Sleeper I remember from bleeps. the <laughs> I feel, like my, shut I, feel, I, feel, 
your saving throw versus being a douche. I feel like our toddler comes up with better names for D&D characters than D&D yeah, right. does. Okay, no. so here we are in Willow. Okay, yes. Willow anyway, so, so anyway, what it... We've come your fucking twenty three minutes in. Okay, we're gonna snap. This is why this. our podcast runs so long. It's because right. you get drunk and I, then don't let what, me. What? But hold on, you need to make me another drink. Hold on. Oh Jesus. I feel better now. Yes, you've got booze, and we're back. We're back. We're back. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. This, by the way, the, the end of this episode is going to be an intervention. <laughs> Allie, we care about you. Oh, you guys are so nice. Yeah, anyway. Love yeah. Oh, we can't afford to pay for your therapy though, so oh, you're no. gonna have to pay for. Oh, no. Um, so, anyway, yeah. Uh, this movie starts... God, fucking God. 24 minutes in. This movie starts with, uh, you know, a, a little, like, text on the screen thing. Not a scroll like that. Not a, like, oh like God, uh, Star Wars. Oh, my God, you're actually starting like this. Go ahead. I'm saying it begins with the setup. Okay. It begins with this fucking words on text, which is always a bad sign. That is always a bad sign. That's like, true. That's like, true. I love the Star Wars scrolls, but, like, just, like... I don't know. There's something like like when it scrolls through space, I I allow it, but when it when it's just words <laughs> on the screen, I go uh oh, you know. So we learn there's this queen Bavmorda, and she's they, there's a prophecy that this child that's born with a certain birthmark will you know will uh, will end her reign, and you know like cause her downfall, and so she basically wants to capture all the cho- she captures every pregnant woman or every woman with a child. They like capture all the people in there. Checking all the children for this birthmark, which looks like Allie. It looks like a shin. Yeah. Which is a Jewish letter. Jewish letter. Yeah, the Hebrew alphabet. Yeah. Or as you said earlier, a shema. Well, no, the shema is actually, that's yeah. actually not true. I know, but you said, that's what you said earlier. I did, but it's not. Yeah, I was, I was giving you the business. Yes, it looks like a shin. It looks like, it looks like you put one in if you <laughs> get it on the dreidel. <laughs> I'm very impressed. Yes. Good for you. None, you get None. Gimel, you give, get all, get all, and then and uh, hey, hey, you get half, half. yes, and yeah. shin, shin, put one put in. One in. Yes. Good job, honey. I'm very I couldn't tell you which letter is which, <laughs> but I know that if you tell me the name of the letter, that's the what you shin get. Shin looks kind of like a W. Yeah, that yeah, it looks like, but it looks like a, a, it looks like if a W and an F got really really drunk at senior prom and ended up having to get married and take care of this baby. Yeah, that's what it would look like. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> so anyway, want, yeah. By the way, in case you wanted to know, so shin and sin are very similar in how they look. Yeah. Um, the difference is just like little piece. It's not important. The difference is letter H. Yeah, but the point is that it could have been a sin, and that would have been even funnier. Yes, it could have been a sin, but it's not. <laughs> Why that particular shibboleth? <laughs> Would have been quite entertaining, but what ends up happening is they find the baby of like after like you know, all these people, and the the they, they the mother is basically taken away. They the, she gives she gives the baby to a nursemaid and begs the nursemaid to take the baby off and hide. The, the, the nursemaid runs off. The mother is put to death. They don't actually show it happening, but she says like basically, Bavmorda says, "Kill the mother," you know. And she's, then, she's and un- then the big, she's and then, irredeemable. I'm and yeah, she's oh, she's horrible. She's, she's a, horrible. She's she is a unrepentant villain. She is Darth Vader from the first. She's Star Wars Cruella movie. Deville. Actually, she's Darth Vader from the first ninety percent of the original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, but mixed with Cruella Deville. Yeah, she yeah, she's just pure evil. Pure. Nothing nothing redeeming about. Nothing she's redeeming. By, and she's played by what? what, what Jane she? Marsh. Jane Marsh. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't know where I know her from. I don't know. You know her. She's Janie and Marsh. Jane Marsh. Yeah, she was a. Uh, 
Oh, she was in upstairs, downstairs. That's where I definitely know her. Yeah, that's that's exactly. Return to Oz. Oh my God! She Return to Oz. The, 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 the next oh my God! Scissors, yes. The, oh my God! Yes. yes. Return to Oz. That's what we know her from. I'm just like, I know, I know her from something we saw. That's yeah. Yeah, oh, she's shit. Yeah, the, the head, the head, the one headless. Of the head, one of the heads of the, one headless, of the heads of the headless, uh, the headless woman from. Queen. But anyway, um, the nursemaid escapes, and obviously like the neck. there are look- so many parallels between. <laughs> Moses, and to an extent, therefore, Jesus, because the Jesus nativity thing is obviously, you know, has parallels with Moses. Oh, my God, there's so much. Christians would say that's in concordance. Uh, Jews might say they took that story and added a bunch of stuff to it. (laughs) But but essentially... you know, the baby ends up getting escaped, and they, they put the baby on a... She puts the baby on a raft made of reeds as the, these dogs that are wearing bath mats and, ma- and rubber yeah, Halloween they, masks are chasing they're her. They're like they're, the they're, they're, rats of unusual be, size. Yeah, rod- rodents. rodents. of unusual size that are not quite rodents of Right, or the killer shrews from MST3K's oh, episode. Oh, yes, shrews. yes. Like, they're, where you can see they're clearly dogs underneath, they're but right. they're, they're, wearing, they're wearing these goofy-ass yeah, costumes. really wrong. And so the, the nursemaid is basically ends up... Like, oh, there's a lot of, like violence at the very beginning it's, of this movie it's very violent i was in the beginning. not okay with yeah the yeah. violence it was at the very, beginning it was of more this violent movie. than i remember to be i mean look i'm a fan of the never-ending story and there's some like you know not so nice things that happen in that movie the but never-ending podcast but i will tell you this was intense and i don't know that as an 11 year old i would have been okay with this or maybe I would have been. What the fuck? I was okay with it. I mean, I probably was. It was the 80s. Been. Everything was more violent in the 80s. <laughs> That's true. Like, yeah, no, I, I, yeah. So anyway, the baby gets escaped. The baby, the, the nursemaid is torn apart by dogs. And, Literally. And, and you see them jumping on her as, the, as it fades wow. away, you know, like. Uh, and the baby floats down. Uh, the, the baby does not have a name yet. It will have a name later. Hold on. Uh, Can we just talk about this baby really quick? Yeah, Can we? Okay, yeah, sure, why not? Yes, the baby is very cute. The baby is played by three different actors, two of whom are twins, and one of whom I'm guessing is a stand-in for distance shots because I can't imagine they, you know, because, yes, the baby has a lot of cute cute expressions. This baby is so cute. This baby... This was I like love the, this baby. I love this baby. You well, guys, I will we're going to graduate soon and we're never going to see this baby again. I have a feeling that since Ron Howard was directing this movie that he made the decision that this baby needed to have red hair. Yeah, yeah, that's a ginger baby you got going on there. It's a ginge in that baby. And it's, it's a very so cute baby. Cute. She's adorable. She's so cute. Yes, she's very cute and she's very, very expressive. Very cute. Um, so anyway, anyway, she's found. She puts the Olsen twins to shame. She's found by two children. Uh, yes, Ronan and Ronan and Mim, Mim. Who are they are Nelwyn, which is this movie. Which, depending on who describes this movie, you would say that they are essentially dwarves or essentially hobbits. They're fucking they're kind hobbits. Of, well, yeah, they're kind of a bit. They're kind of both. They're dwobbits. Yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, the Nelwyn are essentially hobbits. They're you know, they're like, horves. I mean, this this movie is this movie, <laughs> this movie is steals, just, like, I'm trying to just pass. I'm just gonna try to pass it. <laughs> this movie is. Definitely, like, got that nineteen and that I knowing it's based on an idea from the seventies right. totally makes sense because it's like it's got that nineteen seventies brother brothers Hildebrandt Tolkien calendar kind of feel <laughs> oh God, to yeah. the whole thing. Bob it's, Ross just no, I'm making a very specific accurate reference. 
they, the brothers Hildebrand did a bunch of fantasy art uh, in, in mm-hmm. the 70s and like it has that feel of yeah. like a, it's very you're Allie's gonna pass out before I'm not gonna pass out I should not have given you, made, made you that drink fine. during the break <laughs> yeah this is great <laughs> I was okay alright you know what if Allie doesn't pass out before the end of this episode if you all don't pass I out I owe her a coke now <laughs> I don't want a coke I want well, some coke no I'm just kidding I don't want a coke See, this is what I'm talking about. You're cut off. I'm not cut off. <laughs> okay. So anyway, Ugh. the Nelwins are essentially hobbits. Yes, this movie is very this movie is very generic fantasy. They're fucking they are hobbits. The, Let's they are the, 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 the farming community, the sweet little, the little people. And I they're literally played by little people. right now. Yes, I wish you could all see it. They're but literally I'm played very, by little people. I'm very happy about that. I would like to talk about the EDI of this. I'm very impressed. You know what EDI is, right? Electronic dance music. <laughs> Equity, diversity, and inclusion. Oh yes, yes, yes. It is yes. This movie, this movie, basically. And I will say this throughout Lucas's career, he likes to hire little people. No, and I'm glad because like every single Lucas directed Star Wars movie has at least one little person. No, I don't know that he bigger. treats them all properly in the in the like storyline. But at least in this, because it's a fantasy movie, it's cool. Like they're not the only. Well, I will say this: none of the Nelwyn die. No, none of them. No they're, one died. They're scared a lot. Yes. In a bit, but like, I, as far well, as far as I know, none of them died. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think I don't think die. they show any of them die. But yeah, like, not, but, unlike but those Ewoks, man, those I, Ewoks I got massacred. Do, and yet they do a really nice job of like experiencing racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, yeah. They are. They, this is a world where they they they, they are not respected um, at all. But yeah, the, but the Nelwyn are yeah the Nelwyn are essentially essentially hobbits. They're essentially peaceful pastoral people. Yeah. Um, anyway, they're a anyway, these kids are the children of Willow Upgood. Willow. A family man, Willow. Yes. You know, uh, a seventeen-year-old family. Yeah, man. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, essentially, yeah. Um, Warwick Davis was like seventeen when this movie was filmed. He was he was about eleven when he was cast as a as a random Ewok, and uh, when they were filming Return of the Jedi. He was maybe 13 by the time the movie hit the, the theaters. Yeah. Uh, he, by the way, Kenny Baker, uh, R2-D2, was supposed to play Wicket, and Warwick Davis, uh, Kenny Baker got sick, and uh, Lucas liked the way that uh, Warwick Davis carried himself in the Ewok outfit. And so that was his, and it, it was a very, it was the start of a very long and fruitful relationship with Star Wars for it's Warwick really Davis. really good for him. Warwick Davis has had a, a, he's played more characters than any other live action Star Wars actor. Uh, he's played, uh, multiple, uh, like he's been, he's also been stand-ins for long oh, sure, shots on yeah. certain characters. You know, he's you know, he played Wicked, he played Weasel, he played one of Anakin's friends in Phantom Menace. Um, Weasel came back in Solo, by the way, uh, reuniting Ron Howard yep. uh, with uh, with Warwick Davis. Uh, he's he was a stand-in for multiple other little people who performed in various roles. Uh, so yeah, he has played. Yeah, he, I think he's played like six or seven parts in live-action Star Wars. Uh, but um, but Lucas has always given jobs to little people. Yeah, There's all really like great. like like because because Lucas like pre you know pre the you know the prequels era Lucas was still an old school like practical effects filmmaker right. and when so you he have wanted, yeah. when you have like small like characters like smaller alien races and smaller you know unless you're using a full puppet you're going to put a little person in a suit well and I was going to say um, can you can you tell this the very 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 quickly tell the story about Casablanca uh, you mean the, you mean about the airplane yeah yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Casablanca, one of my favorite movies. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not not quite in our purview since it was released 39 years before the 80s, but but, but it's germane. 38 to this, years before the But 80s. it's germane to this conversation. But anyway, um, 
Casablanca, the very famous scene in the end where Rick and Ilsa are on the land, or in the, or at the airfield, and uh, you know he tells her, you know, gives the "here's looking at you, kid" speech. Um, I could probably deliver more of that than I care to admit, <laughs> having seen the movie quite a bit. But in the background, because it, this movie was a Hollywood studio movie and it was not shot on location in any capacity, it's one hundred percent sound stages. Yeah. Um, they actually, you know. A big plane and a bunch of crew, like a, a huge plane, would have cost so much to actually build a, a model of. So they actually used a like half-sized model of a plane, and they dressed a bunch of little people up in jumpsuits and had them working on the plane in the background and pretending to load and like do like work on the plane because they wouldn't be in focus anyway. So, right. but to give the appearance, so it so it was a basically a way to save money, and it just looks like they're further away, and it's a and it's a bigger plane. Um, so that is the that is the Casablanca story. So interesting, right? like to think about how. And you know what's funny? It looks good, and even knowing, yeah, even knowing, even knowing, it looks real. It, it does. It looks Casablanca real. Casablanca has better special effects in some ways than movies I've seen in the last. Few I was years. literally going to say that that like sometimes the the physical practical effects that and like camera trickery when you didn't have something like CGI and didn't right, have yeah. computers actually was much cooler. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. I'm, I'm, I, you know, and much like I, I, I still, I still very much. There are two effects, and I can't, I don't, I can't remember if this movie has one of them. I know other movies we've done have it. Uh, two effects I love from the '80s you don't see as often anymore. Um, lightning, cartoon drawn lightning, like uh, yeah, Big Trouble yeah, in Little yeah. China, Ghostbusters yeah. has it. Uh, a bunch of movies in the '80s have it. I love that that look, mm-hmm. and I love stop motion mm. monsters. You know, Ro- RoboCop has it. This movie has it. Both of them done by Phil Tippett. Because, again, Phil Tippett was ba- hired back in uh, to do more IM- ILM stuff. No, did he do Did he do the, Did he he do do the? any of the stuff from, um, uh, oh, my God, Clash of the Titans? Uh, no, I think. Or was think, that all? I think that was Harryhausen, right? Yeah, I but, thought that was Harryhausen, too. Yeah, I think it's Harryhausen. Great And then the other one. Because Phil Tippett worked on the, like, worked on the Star Wars movie. Oh, oh, okay. Clash okay. of the... You see, now I'm looking it up. Yeah, Clash of the up. Titans. No, I don't want the 2010... What? Why would you think... Why would I want the 2010 version of Clash of the Titans and not the fucking real one? I think that when 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 tablets and, and, and computers... Yeah, and Ray Harryhausen things uh, was ...get the smarter, they're going to know that you're 44 and you're not looking for the 2010 Clash of the Titans. I don't know who would be looking for the 2010 Clash of the Titans. It's not like it did great in the box office. I guess, okay, okay, all right. Like, I'm not saying, the, uh, look, I'm not saying the 1980, 81, whatever it was, Clash of the Titans was a good movie. I mean, I'm not saying that we're not going to do that. Movie. We'll eventually probably do it. Yeah. But, like, like it was at least, like, a wild and different movie as opposed yeah. to, like, let's make another generic sword and sandal movie. Yeah, like, you know, true. You know, anyway. Okay, moving on. Anyway, moving on. We're four minutes into the movie yes, now and 40 really minutes into the podcast. The podcast yeah. So anyway, um, anyway, Willow, he's a farmer. He's he's mocked immediately by uh, Mr. Burglecut, yeah, who's like his, I, I think he's kind of his landlord, kind of. I, yeah, yeah, I can't like, figure out what he I feel like he owes him money he or owes, something. He's like rents and the land. Hate, and Burglecut hates him yeah. and treats him like shit. Burglecut's also like... Willow is short even for a Nellwyn. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, his deal. And so... Um, he thinks he's weak and small. Yeah, yeah. And Burglecut... Burglecut towers over him. Yeah. And and bullies him. He's a real asshole. Anyway, they the Willow's children find this baby. They realize they, they realize it's a daikini baby. And a daikini is what the what the, the Nellwyn call, call humans. humans. So it's a human baby. 
uh, Willow's wife shows up, loves the baby, loves the baby. Ka- What's her Kiana? Name? Kaya. 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 Once again. <laughs> it's close. Anyway, the hot. Anyway, blah blah blah. This is this is what I'm talking about. This is just fucking confusing fantasy nonsense. Yeah. Anyway, the high old one who is like kind of the the magic, the magician who like wise man of sure. the village that is thing. going to have an going to going to choose an apprentice, apprentice at right. this big festival. Um, and the high old one is played by Billy Barty, uh, the legendary Billy Barty. It, it plays the high old one, and he. You know what's funny is I didn't recognize at first that it was Billy Barty, which is annoying that I didn't because it's so obviously Billy Barty yeah. in hindsight but I was like man this guy is so much better an actor than almost everyone else in like in the <laughs> scene around him although that's unfair because actually I think I actually think uh, Warwick Davis does is, is a pretty good actor I think he does a really he's good a job good he really is yeah he's pretty solid he was only 17 in this movie. Yeah, I know. And, he, and he's a playing a character who has, like, children, children who are and, supposed to be, like, And let me tell you, I never, I never once... I never realized how young he was until well, I was Well, I was older. about to say, like, I never once in this movie, even knowing he was 17, like, thought he wasn't playing a father. Like, he yeah. really did right. a good he job did, at yeah, that. He yeah, he did, yeah. You know, but... Props um, to Warwick. But anyway, so he's asked this the question. The, the High Alvin comes around and yeah. tells them, oh, you know, like... And High Alvin is, like, never takes a, an apprentice. And every year he asks, and by the way, this question is unfair to the person who's first asked. Yes. Um, and he says, the power to control the world is in which finger? And he holds up his hand, you know, and um, and each of the people who are, like, trying to become mentored, which Willow is one of them, um, each picks a finger, you know, and gets told, no, that's not it. Yeah. And, like, we'll, we'll find out Willow. later, it's a, including Willow, Willow gets it wrong, and, and then... Then later on, like, we'll find out, uh, you know, that the trick was that the, the real thing was Willow should have picked his own finger, which was his instinct. Yeah, he did have the right instinct. He but just he, decided. And, he thought and it was he's stupid. Like, you don't have confidence. Yeah, you know, yeah, Willow. that's really all. But anyway, um, and the other thing is Willow tries to do a magic trick involving a disappearing pig that doesn't. Which quite, is important it, because it's Chekhov's. It's Chekhov's disappearing pig. pig. You know, he does. It, everyone's excited for a minute until they hear squealing and the pig runs from under the table. Yeah. You know. So, but 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 it's important because it it. it comes up later and then the hounds attack and everyone runs and hides and the soldiers come and like the, the, so just fyi the hounds attack the nelwyn's like mm. home like the like the shire yeah, runs, yeah runs into their whatever the shire it's a the shire it's a fucking shire so yeah. they run into the shire and the reason that they're running there is because they've been sniffing out where this baby is and the baby is clearly of course as we know because kaya has it in in the Willow, yeah, and, and in Willow's house. Yeah, but that so okay, the soldiers the soldiers come no- with speed. The the, the Nelwyn soldiers come and they end up killing the wait, monsters. Wait, 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 wait. We must talk about this moment though, because it's not enough that rabid dogs or whatever the fuck they're supposed to be, and an evil queen are after a baby. It's not enough, but at the same time, Ron Howard. And George Lucas decide that it's important for us to be even more traumatized. So they ask, so Willow goes, where's Mim? Mims? Mims, yeah. Where's Mims? Mims is the yeah. five-year-old girl that his daughter. I think she's older than five. No, she's about five. Because she's standing there in the middle of yeah, the... Yeah, she's standing family. and crying, and then Willow runs and... Hysterically st- crying! But this is also to show... One, to show, yes, it's a threat, but two, to show how heroic Willow is and how much he will protect those he loves because he runs out, immediately grabs her, and saves her. She's hysterically crying. And he saves her. And he's... And she, Good God. We're not going to have this argument. 
he said she's he saves her she's she yes she was alone and scared but then he it, but this isn't this isn't some horrible thing in a movie you like a scene why don't understand what trauma does like this is the problem you don't understand that like I understand what what trauma, trauma is does. lasting but here's the difference unlike many traumatic events she's immediately rescued and she has a chance to process that her father will keep her safe god she's lucky right see anyway so maybe I'm just jealous. Yeah. Anyway, the no one get together. Good God, we're like I'm gonna have to go so fast. You've got to stop interrupting me with nonsense, like your feelings. My feelings are your such feelings. nonsense. Anyway, the no one get together and have like an emergency council about what to do, and you know, basically Willow's like, we have to show this baby, you know. So they find you know, we have like, to what we have to show this baby to everyone and tell everyone like, oh, oh, like, oh, we have the baby. well, he runs back to well, what's important? Yeah, well, he, he runs, runs back, back to because he's so worried about his wife, but she's fine. She's with the baby. Well, and the baby's okay. And the baby's well, yeah. No one was attacked, and you know, like they were safe because they didn't know exactly where the baby was. They right. just knew it was in the area. Right. So they're like, we have to get rid of this baby, and you know, like they don't, and the, the no one don't deal with the Daikini. They no. don't. They don't interact with them. But um, basically, they yeah, like Billy Barty's the, the high old one does the thing is like I will consult the bones to see what happens and he shakes and throws a cup of bones and he leans close to Willow after looking at them and says the bones tell me nothing yeah <laughs> you know and then, he, and then he says basically do you love this child and 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 Willow thinks about it a second and says yeah I do you know and he says okay then you know the bones have spoken he will Willow of good will take the child you know out of the village to the first daikini and give it to him and then come back yeah. You know, and that's what they have to do to get rid of him. And he and his and Willow's friend Migosh, who's kind of the, I, I guess he's, he's the his, Samwise, yeah, but he's not even that really because he's too nerdy. Like Sam is way more stout hearted. So, so wait a minute. So he's <laughs> wait. So he's his Millhouse. Yes. Oh my God, he totally is. Yeah. Meehouse. Meehouse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. So then, um, basically, you know, like those two are going, and Bur- and, and then they, they need a third person, and they want to take uh, Vonkar. Uh, who's the greatest warrior, you know, and then Burglecut's like, you know... We need Vonkar here! We need Vonkar here and everything like that. And he's like, oh, that's good because you, Burglecut, shall lead! And then he's like, Vonkar's coming! Yeah. <laughs> you know, essentially. And so Burglecut is leading the expedition and Vonkar the Great Warrior and two other warriors come yeah. with them whose names are probably... Don't exist, matter. We matter. don't fucking doesn't care. doesn't matter. Vonkar, you barely even it's know his name. It's Kapompom and Tshuvala. Yeah, it's a bunch of nonsense. Who fucking cares? Nobody cares. Uh, anyway, a bunch of... bunch of, bunch of, like Anyway, the six of them... I think it's six. Yeah, the six oh, of them God. travel off. Wait and, a minute. How many... How many travel... How many travel... How many... How many of them travel? There are nine in The Lord of the Rings, Allie. Uh, there are four hobbits in The Lord of the Rings. Uh, the numbers are not the same. I... <laughs> The nine walkers to counter the nine riders of Mordor. Okay, Come on. All right. <laughs> Good lord. Just trying to figure it out. Trying to make the connection. So anyway, Six. before before Willow goes, uh, the you know the you know first of all he, the high old one tells him you you should have you know gone with your gut on that yeah, finger. Yeah, yes. you, you were right, And then he man. gives him magic acorns that whatever he throws at will turn to stone. Yes. And if you're like me, did you not assume this is a Dumbo's feather thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, oh yeah, and and the thing is, he's like, he basically like at one point he throws like something in the air and it turns into a bird and it's like follow the bird. Oh yeah. And the bird goes and flies the wrong way and he goes 
Ignore the bird! Go that way! Yeah, you know? it's really good. Yeah. Like, I love the High Elven. He's, the High Elven's a great character, because yeah. he's he's so obviously, like, he's got some magic powers, but he's about 90% just fucking flying by the seat of his pants. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I kind of love that. So anyway, um, Kaya gives him uh, a lock of her hair for luck. Like, not just a lock, like a huge braid yeah, of her hair she, for like, luck. Cut off. Which she, never comes she back. She did locks of love she did, for but him. But that doesn't come back. Well, no, it does. Does he, he does he hold it? He does. Part? He holds it at the end, like he. Kind yeah, of, like, I guess, but like, like yeah, it, but like before it, he does the the trick at the yeah, end. Yeah, but it, I feel like it should have been a bigger plot. Ah, uh, duh, it should have been. But um, anyway, ignore the bird, follow the river. Uh, so anyway, then we cut to a scene away that we we get introduced to the, some the other the main villains other than Bavmorda. We introduce Sorsha, Bavmorda's daughter. Sorsha, uh, you know who is, you know, I feel like. I feel like she she kind of feels like the midway point between um, uh, what's her name uh, uh, from what's her name from uh, Mad Men. Oh uh, yes. Um, why, why am I forgetting her name? Not uh, Hendrix. Um, Christina Hendrix. Christina Hendrix. It's like halfway between Christina Hendrix from Mad Men and uh, Julie Greer. Judy Greer. Judy Greer. Judy Greer. Oh, that's like sort of a midway point between them. Like if you combine them into one person, you'd get sorted. That's actually a very good connection you made there. Yes, I know. I'm I'm smart of myself. I will give you the high five. And you get and General Kale. General Kale is kind of the like the sub baddie. Like he's clearly the the attempt this movie is trying to make a Darth Vader. Yes, I will agree with that. This this is this movie's attempt at a Darth Vader. He was all over the merchandise for this movie. He's not actually in this movie nearly as much as you think. All that. He's not interesting either. or impressive either. No. And they make the mistake of showing his real face too much. Okay, so he's the Silvio without being as badass and awesome as Silvio is. Silvio from, from Sopranos? Yes. Wait, he's little Steven? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I he's, would... he's almost like the consigliere without actually having any well, like, no, ability. Well, no, he's the, he's the head of her military. He's the head of the military, yeah, but he's, he's like, not He's Darth Vader, Vader to Bav Morda's the But he's the not Emperor. good. Dude, it's a Lucas movie. You're a Lucas well, movie. Well, Bav Morda's not good either. What's well, the fucking point? So what, is she Palpatine? Yes, that's my point. Oh, She's the Palpatine. Okay. He's the Vader. Sorsha's, I guess, Luke. <laughs> but he has no charisma, so he's not a good Vader. No, he's not. That's just it. He has like they, he has like a look that's pretty cool whenever he's fully armored yeah. and like has the skull Yeah, the skull, mask, skull mask is like, neat. And like the, the, the wings on his helmet looks kind of like a Jack... Like, I mean, they're pretty half, cool. He looks like if Jack Kirby designed Skeletor for a live action movie. I mean, it's pretty cool. Like he could have, like he he had potential. He should have been for cool. Look, but he was, but he, but he unlike Darth Vader, he's more like a he's more like a phasma, where it's looks. Oh yeah, it's all looks, but there's nothing Poor that phasma. Great. Man, she got fucked over. Right, right. So anyway, I love that this has turned into like let's actually talk about Star Wars. Well, I, this is Lucas's stuff. You can find the the, the seeds of other Lucas in. Yeah, anyway, true. that anyway the the Nelwyn travel for a while. Yeah, uh, Burgle Cut and the other people end up like ditching willow and well they leave because they're they, well what happens is they show up they see a uh uh a daiki daikini daikini a human a human and they're like okay there's problems here there's lots of fighting going on we're out yeah. and they decide to leave which leaves migosh and i can't believe migosh b- believes agrees that, like to is stay, stay with with, with willow. Uh, do you, are you are you surprised i don't remember all this I actually am. Especially <laughs> considering how drunk you are. 
So the dakini that's that's there is actually in like what's considered like a cage. It's, a, it's called a crow's cage. It's a crow's cage. He's it's where you put a prisoner, like where you leave them to like leave starve them to death. basically to starve to death and die. And the other ones, the other cages that are there have basically skeletons. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, and he's no, the only wait, live. Did they, did they actually? Did they actually? Um, see, did, did everyone before Migosh actually see? I thought they. I thought they got to a certain point and said, "This is far enough. We're out." You might be right. I don't I think, remember. I think that I think they ditched him first, if I remember. You correctly. might be right, but uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, by the by, the end it's just Migosh and Willow, and in the cage is the top secret's own, real genius's own. <laughs> I guess he was also in Top Gun. Definitely top secret and top. top Gun. He was definitely a top in both. Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's right. Non-Scientologist. Valerie Kilmerich. The Valerish Kilmerich. Valmarin Kilmerich. Playing. Valish McKilmerich. This is where we meet Mad Mardigan, the mighty swordsman who for most of the movie doesn't have a sword, which is kind of funny. Do you- and Mad Mardigan is, I'm not going to lie, up until literally a couple of weeks before I decided to do this movie. I was going to say. I thought his name was Mad Space Mardigan, like Mad Max, yeah, or Mad Madam Mim from uh, from the Disney uh, Sword in the Stone. I thought it was like he's Mardigan and he's mad, mad, you know. But like old Mad Mardigan, but it's Mad Mardigan, one word. <laughs> I should have realized that because they never call him Mardigan in the movie ever. It's always Mad Mardigan. Mm-hmm. But Matt, it, it, you know, I just assumed that was his name. And Mad Mardigan is definitely the Han Solo. Yes, but we don't find that out until later. Right. Well, if you if you actually look at the original Star Wars, devoid of knowing what you know later, Han Solo is not really trustworthy. He's just in it for the money until he comes back. That's true. And never at one point. You, you can't fully trust Han Solo until you have to trust Han Solo, and the chips are down, and he, and he turns out to be a hero with a heart of gold. You know, he's a scoundrel with a heart of gold. Part of that's pretty heart. much Val Kilmer in this movie. Yeah, that's yeah. They, uh, but Mad Mardigan is, is locked in this cage, and the first thing he does is essentially be racist. Yeah, <laughs> like he insists on referring, like even though he's the one who's trapped in a cage, he's demanding water from, as he calls them, pecks. Peck is apparently the the derogatory term for a Nelwyn. Now, am I the only one while I watched this movie? And I'm going to ask you because you're the only one who watched it with me. But others out there that have seen this movie, am I the only one who kept thinking to, the, to thyself, Peck, Peck, Peck is an interesting choice of... And and because it was an 80s movie, I kept going back to... Walter Peck? Yes. Yes, but you see, William Atherton's not in this movie. It's Gavin O'Hurley. I know they look a lot alike. But that's the thing. Gal, Galvin, Gavin O'Hurley. Gavin, Gavin, G-A-V-A-N, Gavin O'Hurley. Irish-born American actor. looks like he is related to William Atherton. Yeah, they're only a few years distance. Although, Ali was insisting he was William Atherton's son throughout the movie. And I'm like, he's like six years younger than William Atherton. He's not like his son. And then I said, fine, he's his brother. And that could work. That's fine. And they, the thing is, the thing is, if they were to play brothers in a piece, like if they were to do True West, mm. then Gavin O'Hurley, he would be the dirtbag brother. Yes. And William Atherton would be the responsible. Which brother. doesn't make any sense. Well, William Atherton plays up responsible people. They're just scummy. 
They're just sleaze Gummy, balls. Sleazy, they're, just, they're just they're just assholes. They're people. they're responsible assholes. They're assholes who have like a career and yeah. a job. Gavin yeah. O'Hurley tends to play like alcoholics and and scumbags, you know, more than he actually plays. Like, he does play a hero in this. Yes, I know, and that's really weird. <laughs> I, the entire movie, I'm like, now this dude is gonna like like get drunk and vomit on. Wait, Lana William Lane. Atherton was also in Die Hard, right? Yes, William Wasn't Atherton he was in the, Die Hard. He was yes, the he, reporter. He was the reporter. Yeah, he was a scumbag. He scumbag. Got in, he got punched by Bobby Responsible, but a scumbag. Right, Walter Peck, responsible, but it, well, Walter Peck's an asshole. I love of, that you keep Walter calling him Walter Peck. Peck. No, I'm saying Walter Peck. Oh. Is, I'm talking about the character Walter Peck. Is responsible. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's a scumbag. He's more of an asshole. Asshole. Like, Walter Peck's doing his job. He's just an asshole about it. Yeah. He's a shithead. Yeah. Okay. Like, moving anyway. on. Peck. They call him Peck. Which, anyway, is, yeah. which is a racist term. It's a slur. You know? And anyway, so that he's like, let me out of here, Peck. Give me some water, Peck. You know, blah, blah, blah. And Miyash is like, well, we should just give him the baby. And like, that's what he's, we found a daikini. Let's do it. That's our job. And But Willow's like, um, I don't know. I don't know if this dude's gonna but, uh, take care of the body. But anyway, but before before they can do anything, an army approaches, mm. and, and you can tell Mad Mardigan is an expert because he's like, "What's that noise?" He's like, "I would say it's uh, about three hundred horses, a thousand men, like like or whatever." Like he's like naming the number of horses yeah. and men for this army marching by. And as he goes by, the 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 head of the army is like, "Oh, well, look at you! <laughs> like, how you doing, Mad Mardigan?" They know each other. It's Eric. It's who is played by Gavin O'Hurley. Because I had to and foreshadow Eric, that. Eric is very dismissive of Mad Martin. They, they yeah. clearly were friends. or Yeah, they had like some they, good relationship. They, had a, they obviously have like, like at one point had a positive relationship, but Eric does not trust him. Yeah. Does, Mad Martin clearly is someone who has no real loyalties. Right. Like he's clearly more of a mercenary type. And well, Eric is obviously, yeah, and Eric is obviously like the more like the good soldier. He's the true believer in the cause of good. Wait, and wait, wait. I don't is he remember. The paladin? Well, I, I guess. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say he's a holy warrior. But he's more just a good soldier. He's mm. more just a loyal soldier. You know, he's a. So he's not lawful good. He's more chaotic good. No, he's he's lawful good. But, lawful uh, good. But he's not a. But a paladin involves like basically having like a specific like they're almost like a divine warrior, mm. like a like a Lancelot, like mm. the power of God behind him. Um. Eric is more. If I'm going to use a Star Wars analogy, he's like. He's like a member of the rebellion who's a true believer in the rebellion. Got you know, it. He's like not, you know, he's someone who's like, you know, he's a he's a he's a rebel general, basically. You know, like he's a, a general recon or a, or, a, or a general Dodonna. Yeah. You know, he's not a you know, maybe a Maidine. Sure. <laughs> maybe Crix Maidine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but you know, like, but it, he's going off and. For, and I can't remember the name of the kingdom to save my life. Nobody but fucking like, cares. But anyway, he's he's going off it's to battle. Blah, 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 he's King going Earth. to battle Bavmorda's forces of Nakmar. They're going cares? to to Nakmar Castle, you know, to, to battle. Oh, oh, by the way, his name is Eric Thaber, <laughs> according to Wikipedia. I don't think that name actually shows up in the movie, but uh, he's leading he, he's leading an army against against Bavmorda and. Mad Mardigan like is like give me a sword like give me a sword and all like he's like you you don't deserve a sword you don't, you suck basically you know and he and he, he leaves and he leaves and then basically they they end up letting Mad Mardigan out of the cage Willow and and Migosh and giving him the baby and he just goes all right we and just goes off and he promises like, to take care of the baby but like, we're all yet. like and uh, like Willow's like a little like I don't know but Migosh is like come on we gotta go home Bart I'm gonna get in so much yeah. trouble. Yeah, he you really know. is. Like, Dad's a big wheel of the Cracker Factory. But anyway, um, so they start to go home, 
and they think, oh, well, we did it. We're going to go back. We're going to be heroes. And they're happily going off. And, hey, the movie's over. And it's taken less time than it took us to get to this point. Anyway. Until. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, an owl flies by holding the, or, or, or not an owl. I think a it's a hawk. hawk. A hawk hold, holding the baby comes flying by with a tiny little person on the back going, we st- I stole the baby. I stole the baby. And then yeah. we are introduced to the, the brownies. brownies. Specifically, Frangine. Oh, my God. Uh, played by Rick Overton. Uh, one of the two most annoying characters in the movie. The second other character being Rule, played by Kevin Pollack. Kevin Pollack. And now, Allie loves Kevin Pollack. I have a thing for Kevin Pollack. And not like I, a thing, not like a sex thing, but like I yeah, like yeah, him. Yeah, right, yeah. But I have always been vaguely annoyed by Kevin Pollack, and I don't know if Allie understands why until having seen Willow, which was, other than uh, other than his, frankly, pretty decent Captain Kirk impression, my first real, like, my first real exposure to Kevin Pollack, one was, I think, the first time I ever saw him was doing his stand-up. The second time I ever saw him was in Willow. And I'm so sorry for that. He is... He is... He and Rick Overton combined to form a single Gurgi. They are so bad. They are so annoying in this movie. They're the comic relief. And if you want to know where the gestation point of Jar Jar is... Yep. This is it. This is yep. George Lucas's... I'm going to throw in some comic relief characters... That are and I'm not good at comedy. Yeah, and you know that's the funny thing. There, there are funny things that George Lucas is capable of. I don't know if Lucas is capable when of an it. editor is there with him. That's the point. When there's an editor there, the, but the thing is, is, the funniest bullshit, things but... in Star Wars are not the comic relief characters. The funniest things in Star Wars are characters like Han Solo. That's what I was about to say. Being it's because funny. it's because Mad Mardigan is funny, funny in this movie because Val Kilmer's a funny, funny actor. Val- yes, exactly. When Val Kilmer's allowed to be funny, Val Kilmer is very yes, funny. Yes, he is. I give you that. You know, and and like and I there there like and he has a charm that I, I've forgotten over the years because Val Kilmer did a lot of very bad things and is a known kind of a dick to people on set. So like I kind of. It's kind of hard for me to to remember. Oh yeah, that's right. There was a time when Val Kilmer was really fucking good. Yeah. It was called the '80s. We liked him, <laughs> you know. But um, but um, but anyway, um, they let him go. He goes. The baby's immediately stolen by the brownies, and they go to like try and like catch the baby, you know. And he's like, "I stole it from the stupid Dakini while he was taking a pee," you know. And yeah. it's like it's annoying as all hell. Uh, and all of a sudden, they they run and they get captured by the brownies. And there, and there, there's a whole like now Gulliver's explain travel. What a brownie. Time. Brownies are tiny, little like six-inch tall like people. They're like the borrowers. Yeah, they're like the borrowers mixed with the Ewoks because they're kind of primitive, yeah. mixed with just being irritating. Annoying. They're like pixies. Yeah, they're yeah, but without wings. Without wings. Yeah. One of the problems with this movie is if you really try to think too hard about it, it's like how are they keeping up? Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're all, not. They're always like running on foot and somehow keeping up with people they're that are like ten up. times their height. But, no possible. Um, yeah, impossible. But um, they, but they get tied up, and then above them, this this spirit. They're like Gulliver's Travels. This tied spirit up. appears who is not named until later in the movie. Yes, um, her name is apparently something like Cherylandria. Yeah, Cherylandria or something. But she's like this. She's this blonde woman, and that's like you see her in the clouds and in the sky, basically. She's very like, Glinda. She's a, yeah, it's very Glinda. Yeah, it's a very Glinda thing, and she basically tells them, "Don't worry, you know, you're safe. The baby is safe. The brownies captured him for me." Because her. captured her, yeah, not him. Her for me. I know. We, we think of it as Jordan, but it's actually not. Yeah, I know. It looks a lot like our son. Uh, like if our son had black eyes, basically. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, we learn the baby's name is Laura Dannon. The baby has talked to Cherylandra, you know, in whatever baby language it uses. Baby language. But um, a Laura Dannon, and that, that from then on, the, the baby will be known as a Laura Dannon. Yes. Uh, Laura Dannon is the prophesized enemy of Queen Babmorda that Babmorda is trying to kill. And Cherylandra, I don't know, she's some sort of Glinda the Good Witch, yeah, I guess, she's kind some of thing. Sort of a good witch. She's some sort of sorceress or spirit or yeah. something. But basically, we she, don't know what she is. is the one who gives Willow the new quest. Because, like, his old quest he completed, but that turned out to be... It's like it's like in a video game when you think you've finished the quest, and it's like, here's the real quest. Yeah. You know? I'm sorry, but the princess is in another yeah, castle. Exactly. More or less, like, oh, no, I'm sorry. You can't drop this baby off with just a random dude. Yeah. <laughs> with you hair extensions. more to do. <laughs> this random dude with hair extensions. Yeah. So, so she says, basically, you have to take this baby and find... Uh, Rose, Rose thin, uh, Raz, or God, what? It, some, fuck this movie! This stupid, stupid character name. Stupid character I, name. I actually had it. Finn Raziel. Finn Raziel. Finn Raziel. Friend. 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 Raziel. Raziel. Finn Raziel. I think they say. I think they pronounce it Raziel. Raziel. Yes, Finn Raziel. You're right. Finn Raziel. Finn Raziel. It's spelled R A Z I E L, but it's Raziel. Finn Raziel, who's this? witch sorceress character and she will be the one who can give you the magic to defeat Bavmorda. Yes. So their new quest is to find Finn Rizal. And uh, And they go do that. And and he's like, but me, why? I'm it can't be me. I like and the Laura and she's like, Alora Dannon has chosen you. Yeah, and he's like, but why me, I'm short even for a Nelwyn, <laughs> you know. And so but it's like he agrees to go. Me he, Migosh, he, Migosh, he, he sends Migosh home. home because he, he can tell Migosh is not like Millhouse is not up for this. He's adventure. not up for Millhouse this. Millhouse needs to go back and like get get into you know go see uh, his therapist, Doctor Sally Wexler. Yeah. Man, deep cut Simpsons trivia for no reason that really wasn't good. even funny there. Really good. Okay, I'm so, trying to fist so bump you and you're ignoring me. Thank looking. you. Okay, trying to fist you and you're ignoring <laughs> me. So he, but he don't worry, he's not alone. He's got. Rule and Frangine with him the now. Fucking brownies. So they're gonna go. They they've gotta go find this city, and they're his guide because they know the way. Except they don't really know the way. Well, Rule seems to know the way, but Frangine thinks he's the leader. It's like they're the whole dispute is Frangine th- says he's in charge, even, but Rule is the one who actually seems to actually I know which way things don't. are supposed to go. How about but this? they're both idiots. I, they both suck, and I want to fucking gut punch both of them. Right. Yes, I, they're terrible. Anyway. So, um, by the way, both of them were in the closing credits, I think, of uh, Trekkies as the stand-ups. Well, I know, I, yeah, I, well, the one dude was. I didn't know that Kevin Pollock was. Well, Kevin Pollock, well, maybe he wasn't, but Kevin Pollock does, like, no, he wasn't, no. But Kevin Pollock does, it, like, one of his famous impressions was, was, was Shatner. Oh, uh, well, that like, doesn't surprise back, me. Back before everyone was doing it, like, he was the one who basically, like, Started I think, the Shatter? Did, well, I think he was the one who did the, the like, Really did like exactly. You know why I the pauses spot with the pauses and energy, and he would do the thing where that the 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 Shatner and Pain thing where he holds his elbows Elbows together, together and he's like, ah. Um, you do you do know why I felt like like in like with Kevin? I don't. I'm not attracted to Kevin Pollock. I just wow, you really are protesting that a little much here. No, no. Do you know what it was that made me have issues? Like, was it a few good men? Yeah, it was a few good men. It was a few good men. Yes, I know. All right. That was, it fooled you into thinking Kevin Pollock was great in the same way it fooled us in thinking Aaron Sorkin was great. Uh, I know. Actually, yeah. Kevin Pollock is really good in The Marvelous Miss Maisel. He is really good in The Marvelous Miss Maisel. So I will Ms. say Ms. that. He, Kevin Pollock is good when he's reined in. Yeah. He's not reined in in this movie. No. 
It's honestly... My dad it, hates him in Maisel. That's because he's Yank. I, I know. <laughs> it's because he's Yank. It's because he's... Yeah, he's my... Your dad, your dad is Tony Shalhoub's character. Uh-huh. And that is exactly why he hates him. I know. It's <laughs> the funniest is, thing ever. Yeah. He's like, oh, who cares? He's talking about his pants. If his pants are missing, and who cares about his pants? He does not wearing the pants. He got really mad about it. And I was like, oh, That's because you are Mr. Maisel. I was like, oh, You dude. are, not Mr. Maisel, Mr., what's her last name? What, what's his last name? Maisel is, Maisel is, uh, yeah, Maisel is, uh, is Paul's last name. Yeah. What yeah, is so her last of, name? I don't remember. I don't remember it either. Doesn't matter. Doesn't anyway. matter. Doesn't matter anyway, Tony. We're talking. We're we're, we're gonna get back to Will. Sorry, we are so far off track. We're over an hour in. Um, anyway, this movie's like seventeen hours long. It's now. two hours and six minutes, and we are probably thirty minutes into it. We have to pick up the pace. Keep going. Anyway, so um, there we end up in a bar, and this is uh, this is like the hobbits going to uh, the prancing pony and Bree. This is like they're, this they're, is like this is like this is the fish out of water. Going. Yeah, and this or is no, like, Luke going to the this cantina. is like Luke, Luke going to the canteen. Yeah, it's the fish out of water scene where it's like, I'm a country boy and I'm in this cr- crazy city bar. Yes, but um, we 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 get introduced to Chekhov's dust of the broken heart. Yes, where um, which is uh, something the brownies carry. It's this magic dust that if it gets gets on you, you'll fall in love. And Rule accidentally falls into like falls and spills dust of the broken heart on himself, and he falls in love with a cat and almost gets eaten. Then falls into a beer and gets really drunk Drunk. because that's funny and then um and then you basically um you get you know you get to see willow willow runs and escapes and we find we find willow stumbles into a room where mad mardigan is being thrown into women's clothing by another woman uh like while he like because her husband is coming because he's been in her husband lug is coming and he and she's trying to dress him up like a woman and claim it's her cousin I think yeah, or some or a sister somebody oh, I think but, it's a husband yeah and so like so this guy lug comes in and he's like you and he's like shh you know and then like basically lug lug comes in and he's pretending to be oh hi and lug is like coming onto a really gross it's her, really mad mardigan really grossly and you know like he tries to leave. There's a whole thing where, like, basically, like, this bar fight happens because he ends up basically, like, like the, ma- the, 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 the dress get the, the, the mask gets pulled off his face. Like, oh, it's a man! Whoa! And he goes, like, you are with my wife! And it turns into this huge bar fight. Willow, uh... Willow, like... He jumps out a window. Yeah. Well, eventually, yeah. So there's a uh, there's a huge... There, yeah, there's a huge bar fight. It, like, they all escape. They jump out a window. Um, uh, that That's when, um... The, the bad guys show up. Yes. And there's a wagon chase. The wagon chase. And again, it's, it, this movie moves, it suddenly starts moving really quickly. I was about to say, this wagon chase. This is actually fun. It is fun. I was going to say, there's there's elements of this that make me wonder if Griffin McElroy had watched this movie. Oh, because... No, uh, you know what? I would say that, that there's elements of this that make me think George Lucas... Uh, Stole shit from Griffin McElroy? No, that's not what I'm saying. George <laughs> Lucas and... like George Lucas, when when he and Spielberg got together for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, said, why don't we turn this into a motorcycle chase? Ah, uh, ding, know. ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding, But it is very... Yeah, ding, 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 ding. It, it, it feels a lot like the motorcycle chase in uh, Last Crusade. That's good, honest. yes. Which, to, which uh, to be honest, also feels a lot like the speeder bike chase from Return of the Jedi. Yes. So, you know, Lucas likes to go back to certain things. But certain things work. They do work. And this worked really well. No, this was exciting. This was a lot of fun. Uh, at one point, Willow, I think he's he hits a dude in the wang with a sledgehammer. Um, uh, they he's, end up 
they end up they end up uh, they they finally uh, like get to a point where like they're you know like they 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 escape from most of them they like and then um, Mad Mardigan sends the, the the cart away and they run off into the bushes and everyone yes. chases after the cart um, and he's like yeah I'm out of here fuck all y'all and then they realize they have to go the same direction and he's like fine you can follow me. You know, like, and they're like, "Yeah, dude, you, 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 you lost the baby." Like two seconds later, it's like, "That's oh, all my fault." Bah, you know, whatever. I do feel like, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like there was an element of Velcomer being like, "Yeah, I'm going this way." You guys, you know, whatever. But like, also kind of like looking over his shoulder, that moment of like, "You, you guys coming too?" Like, I don't think it was that, but okay. I, I mean, maybe, maybe it was. Um, I have to think about a dumb magic joke. And then into the tree. I don't really what? remember. I don't remember what that means. Dumb magic. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because he tried. He's now he. You're talking about the the sorcery thing that. No, he not did. yet. He hadn't, oh. hadn't quite gotten to the sorcery. But the, but he does it. Oh no no yeah that's right no he's yeah. sitting that's right they're at night yeah. they're all sleeping and Willow's like waving this magic wand around and he says some nonsense and all of a sudden there's a big like ex- mini explosion and, he, and suddenly he's like. Up in the Sitting air up in a tree, in a tree. Branch. That's right. It was stupid. And he's like, um, I don't know how to get out of this. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. and, and then, the, anyway, they, they they finally make it to uh, Rose- Finn Rizel. Finn Rizel. Finn Rizel's uh, home, you know. And Which it was is like basically They're, they're like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, let's get out of here. I was expecting, and, um, I was expecting Mad Morla. Yeah. But, it, oh, and then, and, and then, so. Morla from never-ending story yeah but they so they go and they make they don't even know but what he, that is. i do we watch the never-ending yeah, story but you don't remember i don't but that's not the point <laughs> <laughs> that's not the point the point the point is we we need to keep moving <laughs> so they meet the, they, they finally meet her and she is essentially some weird ass possum thing yeah she, she's like a, she's technically an australian possum yes. if i'm not mistaken she's adorable uh, yeah, it's a very cute animal but she was turned into that by, by bav morta and she can't she doesn't have the power to turn back and she doesn't have her full powers until she's a human so yes. they're like, wait, wait, what? We gotta, we like, you know, like, she's like, well, I'll help you, whatever, you know, like, and I'll help you learn how to be a, like, you a know, sorcerer. a sorcerer better, so that you can change me back, et cetera, et cetera. And so they go back, and oh, and at this point, by the way, before she went, uh, before they went, uh, he, yeah, he's gone now. Uh, Who? Mad Martigan. Mad Martigan left. Um, the brownies were guarding the baby. They get back, and the baby's gone, and there's Sorsa. And her army, they're there. They've Sorsa ca- is. Did we say Beth Morta's daughter? Yes. Have we said this? Yes. Okay. And a whole big thing where I said she would. That makes her, I guess, the Luke. Oh, uh, was I drinking? Yes. Okay. All right. As long My as God. I remember. Okay. Like, Jesus Christ, Allie. We- <laughs> well, it was an hour and thirteen minutes ago. So you know. No, it wasn't. It was like fifteen minutes ago because we took us so long to get to that point. <laughs> anyway, we're captured by Sorsa, and she's like. Basically, she's like, you know, like, Mad Mardigan's like, I'm sorry, you know. But, but like, you hear there's another line added in. I can't remember if it was 80 yard or if it was actually said. But, we like, I think it was, like, one of those. We got, oh, we can't make Mad Mardigan actually have betrayed them. So it's just, like, he didn't say anything, but they found him anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Right. So, you know, anyway, they're captured. So they get captured. They're in the, they're in the thing, you know, like. And, what thing? The, the 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 prison like they're, the, the, the prison. they're in like a little cage in a small town I don't fucking remember it doesn't matter I'm trying to do this fast do not slow me down I will pause this and we will not finish this episode <laughs> can we pause it so I can go to the bathroom sure was that was that was that bathroom trip good? I feel so much better excellent seamless I didn't even I didn't even do a music drop because mm. I'm too lazy because this thing's already long uh, so anyway uh, Sorsha captured 
they're they're in prison, like in prison yes. in this in this weird little town. Um, they've uh, let me see. Um, they God damn it, my my brain is turning off. Uh, yeah, they're they're in this cage. Um, they're the the brownies show back up. They're like, hey, but they're not really helpful. <laughs> no, um, they never are though. You know, um, no, they're absolutely not. Um, they, uh, fuck, what was I doing? Oh, man, now I'm fucking confused. Ah, I'm off my game. Um, bring it back. Bring it back. Okay, so, uh, not that more of Finn. Damn, I hate this fucking, the good, the good possum witch. Uh, God, these fucking nonsense ass names. Um, uh, the, the good, the good possum witch basically is like, you gotta turn me back. Rizal. Rizal. Finn Rizal, yes. Uh, so Willow tries to turn her back, and as you pointed out, why is she climbing into the cage with them to do this? Uh, that was the weirdest part to me. I was like, "What the hell?" Now, admittedly, if she if he had actually succeeded in turning her back, she would have been a powerful sorceress again, and blah blah blah. But I love it. He's like, "Think of me. I'm a young, beautiful woman." Is <laughs> like, which is very funny for later. But like, um, but he's like, uh, "Alakazam, Alakazoo, Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego." Lock here, blah blah blah. And I'll attract Uthman, uh, you know, Quatu Barada Necto. So, uh, but he fails to transform her. He turns mm-hmm. her, at this point, he turns her from a possum into, I believe, a rook. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the bird she was. Definitely some form of corvid. I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be a rook. Mm-hmm. Um, she's pissed. And she's very annoyed. Um, and then, um, and then uh, essentially. They at, they some at this point somehow uh, Mad Mardigan gets uh, splashed with the the dust of broken hearts. He declares his he, he's supposed to be sneaking into well, they, he's supposed to be sneaking and they're supposed to just be sneaking in to steal the baby, baby from back Sorsha's from Sorsha right and basically Mad Mardigan is sneaking into her room. He's like I've done this all the time. I can do it. And then like he gets the he gets the dust of broken hearts splashed in his face. He sees her and immediately starts like completely falling in love and like she gets up and he professes her love he's so sad she's he's like oh that you are asleep please wake so that i may see you you know mm-hmm. and it's really ridiculous and over the top and you know and she's like what are you doing and but she's also like you know he's a handsome val kilmer in the she's 80s kind of into him. and she's kind of into it and she's about to start kissing him and then you know and then um basically they get interrupted she realizes the baby's gone she's like you used me to like you know and he's like no i but you know willow has grabbed the baby and he's on and very much so uh he he uh he ends up like basically they, they knock the tent down they get out uh he manages to grab a sword and he immediately starts like whipping ass with the sword and willow's like you are good yeah you are a sword <laughs> you man. are That's great amazing. with the sword and you know and he's like that's what i've been saying and then he fa- and then he immediately falls over <laughs> uh, they, and then they they escape on a sled and that this is what I remembered the most about this movie. Like I like like for like I didn't see this movie in thirty years. I'm like I don't know. They're like there's a baby at one point. I know there's a someone someone's a pig, you know. And then there's a sled <laughs> a and, there, and a guy with a skull mask. I don't know, you know. We haven't even gotten to the pig part. I know, but that's what I remember. Yeah. So they they end up sledding uh, away and they 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 escape to this smaller village, <laughs> and you know they, they end up at this small village that's like downhill i guess <laughs> from them because they there's a whole like sled in a ski sequence. resort now yeah they're basically in a small ski resort <laughs> um and they, they end up hiding in like the basement of a, of a place because you know you know that mortis minute like kale is coming with the with the army and source is coming is coming and um doesn't that feel like nim is coming to you I guess. <laughs> yes nim, nim is, coming. is coming but uh they end up they end up hiding in this basement and they run into eric eric 
Eric's back. And Eric basically, you know, it's like, you know, it's like basically like he ends up basically admitting I, I'd have been better off like, you know, I'd have been better off in that cage than you are because everyone was slaughtered. Oh, yeah. Like they failed. Dead. They've lost. They've lost the battle. They're all they're all like the army's in tatters. They're on the run. They're in hiding. So they're hiding in this basement. Uh, they get found. And Mad Mardigan kidnaps Sorsha. Yes. He manages to grab her and hold a sword to her. And they use her to escape, you know. They, the baby. And they're, they're, they're going to, and they're like, we, we've got to take this baby. We're going to take this baby to Tiraslin, and we're going to, we, that's what I remember. That was the city they had to go to. They're going to take the baby to Tiraslin, where there's going to be this huge army. They're going to, use, they're like, rally behind the baby, you know, as a, as, a, as a powerful symbol of resistance, and they're going to go defeat Bath Morda. Yeah. And they, 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 they escape the all the way to Tiraslin, and that's when they learn that it's destroyed and abandoned. Yes. And full of trolls. And it's and they've basically like carbonated all of the people. Yeah, all the people have been turned to like they're, stone. They're like into shellac or something. Well, yeah, it's like well, yeah, because it was destroyed by magic. Yeah. You know, it's it essentially uh, it was returned to Oz. Yes. You know? it, but instead of wheeler instead of the wheelies, it's uh, or wheelers or whatever it was called, it, they're they're full, they're full of trolls, which in this movie are kind of like ugly gorilla suit guys. Yeah, they're really Weird. You know, they climb up walls and are like, you know, like, but, um, and there's references to trolls earlier in the, in the, uh, in the thing, like Willow mentions he hates trolls, yes. but like, you know, like, but they actually, you never, like, you kind of don't think they're actually going to show up. You feel well, like you also don't think the brownies are going to show up, but those got brought up too. Well, well, the brownies weren't like alluded to until they showed up. No, they talked about them. Really? The, ba- the kids talked about them. Oh, I, did, I missed that. Yeah, you did. So anyway, um, they're in this, they're in this, they're, they, it's just, it's essentially, they, they, you know, they've, they, they, it's just Val Kilmer and Willow and the, and the two little weasels and the, and the sorceress are in this empty castle. Um, um, they're, they get attacked by trolls. Um, oh, but before they get attacked by the trolls, I'm sorry. The first thing they do is the army's coming and they have to, and Val Kilmer is single-handedly defending the castle you know, like he's like at the last minute, he throws a bolt on the door as the as the approaching army is like yeah. feet away from it. You know, he lines up all these like bows and arrows and trebuchets and catapults. Like he's basically using all the castle's defenses to single handedly battle an entire army. Um, and that's when the trolls end up attacking. While they're, yes. like they're up on a bridge, the baby and Willow and the trolls are attacking. Um, oh, oh, uh, Finrazil bef- is turned into a goat before this. Yeah, at some point. Clear. You idiot, you've turned into a goat! Yeah. <laughs> you know, she kind of sounded like Krang, I guess. <laughs> Hello, Shredder! Yeah, a little Shredder. bit. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so it turns into this big fight, and that's when uh, one of the troll Willow, like, to defend himself against the troll, Willow tries to, well, firstly, tries to throw one of his acorns, and it's like... We had to think these acorns weren't going to work, right? Why right. mention that, right? Yeah. I, like, even in my memory, like, even having seen it, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, you know, these acorns don't work. This is like some sort of Dumbo's feather thing. But he he brings one of the acorns out and he drops it and it turns one of the planks of the bridge to stone. But he's fumbling for to do, like, more with it and, like, but, like, uh, you know, the troll's coming after him and he finally uses his magic, the magic wand that, that he's been carrying that, like, that... That, that is not him. working that on, has not worked. on Rizal. Uh, that was not working on Rizal. And he, he blasts the troll and it turns into this weird body horror thing and falls to the ground. It is. It looks like brains with two heads. It's right. It's fucking weird. And, but then it grows and yeah. it becomes the monster that it is, the Eborsisk, which is Eborsisk. this two-headed, fire-breathing, dragon monster thing. Critic. That, with, 
Yeah. <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. Uh, Literally. You know, I'm with the Sun Times. I'm with the Tribune. You know, uh, I'm tall and thin and bald. I'm short and round. You know. You know. Yes. Anyway, they were both great critics, and I loved them. But I um, missed them. Missed them both. But um, but um, essentially, uh, this 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 monster. You were with me when Ebert came into the theater that one time. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You, well, you were with me, but. <laughs> We were at, we were at, we were seeing was it it wasn't X Men Origins Wolverine was no. it? I thought it was it wasn't the Watchmen was it? No, because you didn't see that. Well, I no, you left before I left the movie started. Before the movie started. Yeah, but it was it was a, it was an advanced critic showing of a movie. Yeah. It was one of those movies, yeah. and uh, and I remember we were surrounded like, as a side note we were surrounded by all these these d bag like film student like. Oh. Twenty twenty something film people just nattering on and on about film in that, that obnoxious way that only a twenty something who's basically spent only maybe five years of his life really and watching movies seriously. As soon as Ebert walked in, it was like they Leopold, all, Leopold. It was so Leopold. Awesome. It was such they a great moment. Shut, shut up. the fuck they all up. Sat down. It was great. And like yeah, and he. This was this was at this point he like couldn't talk. This was after, yeah. He was yeah. super. And he not was like, okay. I, was he walking with canes or was someone? I think someone was with him. Someone was kind of carrying him yeah. almost. Like he was being leaning on people. But it was amazing how much everyone just shut the fuck As up. It was they should awesome. Have. Yeah, it was really it, I, it's you know how hard it is to get a twenty three year old white dude to shut the fuck up about movies? <laughs> you you have to, to be a, Roger fucking Ebert. Do you know how hard it is to get a twenty three year old white dude to shut up about fucking anything? I know, it was awesome. Yeah. It was so good. Anyway. So anyway, uh, Willow, Willow turns the troll into a stop motion horror. That was Phil Tippett. Uh, yeah. the, the goat ends up fighting some people. Uh, you know, I'm surprised there wasn't like banjo music playing for this fight. So actually, this is when the acorn actually got dropped. According to my notes, I did it soon. Anyway, there's a Prince of Thieves catapult moment where where Mad Mardigan jumps on the catapult and. Uh, jumps and fires himself into a brick wall, basically, so he can get up to battle and kill the um, the uh, the dragon and the Eborsisk. And Sorsha ends up turning at this point. I don't. Yeah. Really... So what has happened earlier, which we I don't think we mentioned, is that Kale, um, it's Kale and some not Kale, but somebody else who's like her confidant, uh, basically tells Bavmorda. You know, I'm I'm worried about your daughter. I'm worried that she's... That was gonna... early. Yeah, no, this yeah. is much earlier. Very early. Yeah, really early. Oh, on. that's right. She's like, you know, you'll betray me long before she, she does. will. You know. And so we, you know, there's. And then when she turns, that other guy goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's such a smug moment, but she does. She is at this point. She she does decide that she's on the wrong side of history. Yeah, and so she ends up she ends up fighting for the good guys. Yes. And at this point, the the baby uh, gets stolen. Uh, I think around this point by by Kale, and he gallops off to Bav Morda's place, you know. So we're heading, and if you can tell, this is a fantasy movie because they're not heading to battle in a giant factory. Because if this were an action movie, this would, in the eighties, oh this would have been a yeah, factory full exactly. of steam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. factory full of steam. Uh, but instead, or it's lots a castle. of mannequins. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, but instead, it's a castle. Um, so all oh, the good guys, all the good guys are getting their shit together. Eric is there. They have they have their the, the rest of the army of good is there to yeah, they to, to battle to battle Bab Morda 
and that mortar's got the baby, and then she has to do this ritual though to capture the baby. And she soul. basically binds. She can't just stab the baby. No. It's got to be like a. And she bi- she binds the baby in what looks like electrical tape. It's yeah, fucking it's, weird. Yeah, it's weird. You know, and and essentially, uh, there's this whole thing and where she's on an altar. Like, like they're they're standing outside, and then uh, the they she he manages to actually um, turn the. Um, uh, she basically, uh, oh, the goat says, "Come with me, Willow. You gotta, you know, you gotta get away. You've got to do the spell of the, the safety charm." And he's like, "Why?" He's like, "Just do it." And he does the safety charm, like on the, himself. On himself. She's like, "Do it on yourself." And, and you know, and then basically we get the movie's most body horror uh, moment here. That Morta comes to the, uh, the, the the battlements, and she's looking at this attacking army that's gonna, you know, like we're gonna come get you and save the baby and. You know, Sorsh is there, you know, and like that. And I think that's when the, the, the guy that she said she'll never betray me to yeah. kind of goes, mm-hmm, really? <laughs> you know, he gives a pretty good snide look. Yeah. Um, but she does like. She does she, a charm she on She does them. a charm on them, and like they basically all start, like she kind of Cersei's them. So they all get turned to pigs. Yes. And there's this horrible, like, <laughs> you, know, you see them like, like squirming and. You know, like prosthetics start appearing, yeah, teeth start really growing. Creepy. Like you see, like uh, Val Kilmer getting a, a, a pig nose and and tusks start growing. It's you see, some of them actually turn fully, like are, are already pigs. pigs right. And they're all actual pigs by the end of this. And she's laughing, like ah ha ha. There's none. And but after that's all said and done, that's when Willow is in hiding and safe because he did the safety charm. Willow manages to finally transform. Uh, Finn Raziel into like, a, human. a person again, and she's an eighty-year-old woman, and she's very old, but she has long hair uh, also. And she's she she turns out she's a British stage actress. Ha 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 ha! She can do Shakespeare. Ha ha ha! And this is where uh, this movie is credited with having computer animators. And I was like, I don't remember there being computer effects, but no, this is I'd forgotten. This is one of the early examples. You didn't see like I always thought that the Michael Jackson video uh, for Black or White was the first like real use of morphing. Uh, animation, but actually this predates it by a few years. Yes, it does, yeah. It does some early, like, she morphs into, like, three or four different animals before finally turning into the correct person. She undoes all the magic. They all get together, and they're like, what are we going to do? How are we going to get into this heavily defended castle? And, um, and he's just, Willow remembers. We, we had gophers back home, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, really? And it's like, at first I'm like, wait, are you just going to dig a tunnel under the castle? Because that's not a magical plan. That's what that's siege warfare. Yeah. That's what that was done before. It's like, like Trojan horsing. Well, without no, but, really a Trojan well, horse. But no, like, but but that was actually one of the ways that people would actually do in siege warfare. You would build, true. you would actually build, build under uh, the, grow, yeah. like get engineers to get a tunnel and take. But it takes a long time, and they've got to do this. They have like 13 hours to yeah. do it. They got to like I don't know why they know the ceremony will like. Well, like the ceremony apparently takes time, and I guess I guess the Finn Raziel knows it'll take long enough. Like, but they have they have the, the the clock's ticking. They can't just spin forever besieging. So they do this thing that basically I I can't even remember how it happens that they're all like they're all in hiding except uh, oh except the two of them. Yeah, just Willow and Finn come out and threaten them with their because they're we're the powerful sorcerers and we're gonna get you. And she's laughing her ass off. Yeah. and they send out a party to um, to kill them and. Like as the party comes out, they all like basically jump up out of hiding and run into the castle yes. really quick, which so would not have worked. Because first of all, those people they sent out like six people. If there was a real invading force and the castle was like right there, they would have left those six people out to die and close yeah. the gate again. Yeah. They wouldn't have. So, but anyway, they get back in. <laughs> they get in the castle. You get the huge final fight. 
blah, blah, blah. Eric uh, battles Kale but dies heroically. Uh, it's a huge battle. Mad Mardigan, Mad Mardigan ends up killing Kale. Uh, uh, Willow and, and, uh, and uh, Finn, Finn go up to go where up the baby is. Go up to save the baby. And basically, uh, Finn's like, You don't have to go any further, Willow. I can handle this. And there's a big sorcerer's duel between the two women. And they essentially, it goes back and forth for a while, but essentially, it looks like Bav Morta is going to win. And um, Willow sneaks in and steals the baby. But, but yeah, but not yeah, but not yet. Well, yeah, he does steal no, the he baby. Does. But yeah, he sneaks in and steals the baby, and she's like, "Give me that baby back, Peck," you know, or whatever, you know. And he's like, "I'm a great sorcerer." He throws the acorn, and she catches it, and her fist starts turning to stone. It's like, "Holy shit, Willow has won the day!" And then she just sort of goes, she like, strains she a little strange, bit, yeah. and her fist turns back to like normal, normal, and she's yeah. like, oh, you're a mighty sorcerer. That's all you've got? And he's yeah. like, well, I'm going to banish this baby to a realm where you can never have her. And Bad Morta's like, what? No, you can't. And he's like, ha-ha, and he does these magic words, and he does his disappearing pig trick. And But it's obviously just sleight of hand, you know? So he brings up the blanket. but And it's inexplicable, really, what happens next, because apparently because she felt tricked by the baby... She, cause she, because she fell for his trick, lightning struck her? Yeah, it's really weird. By the way, 80s cartoon lightning. 80s cartoon lightning. There was yes, 80s cartoon lightning. Very, very good, very good, very good. Very and Willow good. is chasing, but when she's fighting, but she also turns a bunch of things alive uh, at one point before At one point that. she knocks out Rizal, and Rizal starts to wake up at this point, too. Yeah, I forgot I forgot about, there's a whole scene where he's fighting like a like an urn or something, like a like a brazier. Yes, that's right. Not a brazier, but a brazier. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it's like a four-legged fire thing, like comes to life. It's and, a He's, cha- he's chased by some tippet animation. Anyway, uh, he ends up she she dies somehow. Whenever the magic trick works, and it turns out Finrazil was okay. Uh, and the baby was like the baby safe. was the baby was safe because he you know, it was a magic trick. He put the baby somewhere safe and did did the magic trick, and somehow it worked. And never I, I'm not really clear of that. Willow goes home. He's a damn hero. Really, that's it. And that's kind of the end. Uh, his wife comes out and gives him like it's like basically Migosh is happy he's there. Oh, Bur- and Burgercut gets shit on by a bird. Yes, and what's also really important is what happens to the baby. The baby ends up with Mad Mardigan, Mad Mardigan and, and Sorsha, who is good now, and they're they're going to raise her. And that is that is the end of Willow. You get some blah 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 credits, and I want to before we go all the way out. You know, I know this is running long, but I actually wanted to talk about the 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 story of Willow doesn't end there. There was a licensed series of Willow novels. Of course, there was written. By famed X-Men writer Chris Claremont. Okay. But, uh, and apparently it takes place like 15 years later. Oh, goody. And the, uh, Laura Dannon as a teenage girl is the hero of them, which makes sense. It's Chris Claremont. Um, but uh, during, during apparently Sorsha and Matt Martin are killed like right at the beginning of the first Ooh, book. Oh, that's not boring. It's like, okay, they're out of the way. Now it's all about her and her, her, her things. But, um, you know, I mean, but also, uh, and this is probably still in the works because as of 2019 it still was ron howard has been talking about doing a willow sequel for a while and then it's sort of turned into maybe it would be like on you know like a a, a tv series but uh theoretically it's going to i guess it's going to take place in a future with an adult alora dannon like those books were um willow supposedly uh we're gonna have uh, willow coming back played by warwick davis still you know as an old willow as an older man uh, but it's yeah it's uh yeah it's still 
possibly in the works. Uh, you know, I mean, we are pandemic. Right. Yeah. But it, situation like, as of, yeah, like as of like 2019, it was supposed to be like a possible Disney plus series. Oh, I don't know. I don't know where it is in that, on that, on that. That'll be interesting. I, I, but yeah, supposedly. And uh, Jonathan Kasdan, Lawrence Kasdan's son who co-wrote Solo is supposedly working. Interesting. Um, so John, I have a question for you. Was this worth rewatching? You know, it was. I don't think it's a good movie at all. It's not. It's a, it's it's a mess. It's it's. But it's it's. I have like a soft spot in my heart for bad '80s fantasy movies. I'm surprised I haven't shown you more of them. You will probably see them as as we go along. So like, there's something about this because this movie came out 1988, I think in the summer, which meant this came out around the time I was reading Lord of the Rings the first mm-hmm. time. Makes sense. So, yes, this was a letdown compared to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, like this is this is like poor man's Lord of the Rings very much. It's very much a poor man's Tolkien sure. story. But like it was it like and even when I first watched it, I knew it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Sure. This wasn't something where I loved it. I watched I remember watching it going, but I've always I like it. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not good, but it's Fun and stupid, and it, and it, it like I kind of miss the days when like fantasy they 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 really tried with fantasy in the eighties, and it's like one of those things they never really got right. Yeah. But they tried it so hard, and some are better than others. Like the more I find, the more it was aimed directly at children, and the more it was uh, comedic, that tended to work better. Sure. Because like you can forgive in a comedy the silliness. Like, sure. Princess Bride, if you made it a, as a serious movie, would have been terrible. Oh yeah. You know, but as a comedic movie, it's like, oh, what a delight. Labyrinth, children's movie. Therefore, it's okay. You know, like, but like, generally speaking, live I feel like action Willow's fantasy, almost like a teenage movie and it doesn't quite know where yeah, it wants yeah. to go. Yeah, Willow, Willow, Willow has a weird split the difference thing where it's like dark and violent mm. in parts, but it's too simplistic. Mm-hmm. It's a very simplistic, it's, it's a straightforward fantasy story. There's nothing, there's no major twist in it. Like, there's nothing about it that, like, goes, oh, this is so... It is just, let's tell a fantasy story. You know? And it's it's fine for what it is. And I, I like, I did... It was worth revisiting. I haven't seen it in 30 years. And I watched it, and I'm like, yeah, this is this is what I remember it like. It's not that good, but I enjoy it. You know? And that, that's... That's it. Yes, I, have a soft, I have a soft spot for bad 80s fantasy. Okay. You know? So, Allie, was this worth watching? a lot of feelings so I'm going to split myself in half if I had like watched like the Ebersisk yes like the Ebersisk if I had been in the 80s i.e. pre-children pre-marriage pre-giving a fuck about anybody but myself I think I would have really liked this movie I would have been like oh it, like I, I would I would place it in the pocket with Things like Never Ending Story and, you know, such types of movies. The Hobbit, the obviously the cartoon yeah. version of The Hobbit. But, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would have gone into and those, the last like... unicorn. Yeah. Well, have I never saw that? that. No, I have not seen uh, that. that. That is definitely on the list. You need to see that. This is what I mean. Like, it would have gone into those pockets. However, being... Because, okay, and, and here's my connection. I would make the... Like, I saw Labyrinth in the 80s. I saw it as basically someone who was a little younger than, what's her name? Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. 
So, like, I related to her, like, like oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, she's the insert character. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I related to her in that it was like, okay, I, we have to take, we have to make sure this baby's okay. But I didn't, <laughs> but I was not the mother of that child in my brain. Right. I was just like, oh, this is a family member that I got to go save. Right. Like, yeah. it, and I didn't have a younger sibling, so it didn't, I don't think it affected me in the same way. Watching this. I think had I seen it in the 80s, I would have thought of it in the same way as Labyrinth. I do not. <laughs> because I saw it as an adult and never had that experience and therefore saw it as a mother. And I'm sorry, but I I, the reason I couldn't write a goddamn note in this thing is because I was traumatized. Let me just tell you, I had a nightmare after this movie. I went to bed and I was so angry and so like distraught about this that I had a nightmare that our child was stolen from us and taken and thrown into like a, I don't know, like a, like a, a thing where he was supposed to be underwater, but it was supposed to help him breathe because you know, hello, we are all born in amniotic fluid. So it was supposed to be good for him, but I had to like rip him out of it. It was, it was disturbing. And, and, and oh, I'm sorry. It said you were like you were saying, and it was disturbing. And and I, I don't know. I don't know if I. I don't know. I don't know if this movie was worth. If if I were not a mother, I, I a guess question. so. I have a question. I don't think you answered it during your talking about Labyrinth. But do you think if you had seen Labyrinth instead, like if you had seen Willow as a child and Labyrinth the other day when I showed you this instead, right? Do you think you would have been able to handle Labyrinth? I don't think so. I think I would have had to Because I think scene... Labyrinth, I feel like Labyrinth, in in a very real sense, I feel like there's a lot more, there's a, I think there's more child endangerment in Labyrinth. There's a there lot is. of that kid hanging out on ledges and yes. like stuff. It's stuff that would have freaked me the hell out. But I will also say the one thing that Labyrinth has that this does not David have. David Bowie's crotch. Well, always, but that's not even it. And David Bowie's ability to like move shit Well, actually it wasn't David Bowie. That was a juggler. Whatever. No, seriously, there was someone standing behind him, holding his arm in front of him, like that whose line is it anyway thing. Okay, well, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Bowie never actually did It that. doesn't matter. The point is, <laughs> there were there were actually, like, Muppets in that movie. That's true. There Disturbing were true, Muppets. Right, but... but it doesn't matter, because I knew they were Muppets. Like, you know the Muppets are Muppets. Mm-hmm. In the same way, it was very Jim Henson-y. That's so true. I do feel like that that separates it, even though the baby was real, this movie doesn't have Muppets. There's no puppets, and there are, we don't really, I mean, right. the CGI, that, or like whatever you want to call it, stop the motion. stop motion animation that's yeah, in there. Yeah, it's just stop motion. It doesn't happen until later in the movie anyway. For the most part, we're supposed to believe it as a reality, even though it's a fantasy right, it's reality. it's mostly sword fights. Yeah, in the early part of the they're, movie, it's mostly sword they're fighting. They're real people. In the, I think that's more disturbing because it feels like we're not transforming into a fantasy world we're transported into like fantasy comes into reality and so it's a diff- I don't know I don't know I but I will I'll be honest with you I don't want to really watch Labyrinth anymore either again I, I've seen it enough I'm good but, like but what what if something reminds you of the babe what babe the babe with the power what power power to continue making this reference over and over again okay. anyway so um, yes um so yeah so no, yeah okay so, so not yeah all so, right so do i think this movie was worth watching i would say yes and no um so like worth watching if you're not attached to a child if you're not a pisces like me 
Yes. Do right. not attach to a child. Yeah, okay. All right, I, I can see that, yeah. Like, I, again, like, I don't know if this, like, like I said, when I say this movie was worth revisiting, I'm not saying it was good. No, I want to be I'm not clear. either like, saying Like, I'm not that. even necessarily, like, I would say if you're not, if you're not so squeamish about, like, child endangerment that even if you know the child's safe, you can't watch it, I would say it's, it's a worthy way to kill two hours, it, like, if you've never seen it and you like, and you like dumb 80s fantasy but yeah otherwise it's not well it's sort of to me it's the same idea as like i can't watch animals getting hurt you know this yeah everybody everybody knows to be honest uh on the level of like what i can watch yeah i could watch a child in danger that i'm pretty sure is going to escape easier than i can watch an animal getting hurt yeah it's not good for me like all of this is not good for me right yeah i mean it's not good for my soul I don't really want to see animals or children die on yeah, screen. That's it's not just like I don't not either. For me. But again, like 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 knowing the baseline that this is a fantasy movie aimed largely at like children and teenagers, like the kid's not going to die. Right. <laughs> you know, like and the kid the kid is safe in the end. But okay. So before we go to the, before we uh, yeah. wrap completely up, yeah, yeah. Uh, next week is uh, we yeah, as we know oh, yeah. every fifth ep- every fifth episode we either do a movie that both of us have watched or a movie that neither of us have watched. Usually it's one that both of us have watched, but next week we are going to be doing a movie that neither of us has ever seen before. Which is because we actually had a fan, uh, Kurt, isn't it? Kurt, is that Kurt, uh, Kurt, Kurt Sinta, S. Kurt S. <laughs> Kurt, last, last name, name redacted. If yeah. We, if, we, if we were if we were a different pod, yeah. uh, different podcast, um, but uh, but Kurt, Kurt sent it, uh, asked us to do a movie, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm I'm keep I'm playing it close. You to gotta the best, play so close to the best. Yeah, it's gotta be a it. surprise. And we're like, no, wait, you know, we, we like neither of us have seen this movie. Allie had never even heard of it. I'd never heard of it. I'd heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Hadn't seen it. Yeah. And basically, he, he was sent kind us the of, trailer, and of, then yeah, he sent us the trailer, and we were like, oh wow, this looks great. Look, we definitely want to see this. And I was like, we gotta and, figure out and, how to find it. And uh, and he was actually kind enough to send us uh, the Blu-ray of it. So we are going to watch this movie. I've never seen it. It looks like a real trip. We'll yes, find out. Yes, it will. Be. Uh, but uh, it's interesting because it's gonna. It's it's so it's nor- it's normally very hard for me to get Allie to watch a horror movie, but this is this is a horror movie. It is. Um, and but it looks like a real fun trip of a movie. It sure and, does. Um, if you, you, many of you may have already seen it, I have not. I had never even heard of it. it but it, it it looks like a lot of fun. And uh, so I'm actually looking forward. We're we're I trying to, to we're trying to put a bunch in the tank. Hopefully, we'll be watching this in the next couple of days. Yeah. Um, like we, we, up when we, we recorded this like only, we recorded this one only a week after we dropped our last one, which is you know for us insane. Insane. Uh, but you know we're trying to keep these still on a regular release schedule. But, right. So it'll, it'll it'll still probably be a couple of uh, still be a few more weeks before you actually uh, see this episode. Hear, hear this episode. episode. Hear, well, hear that episode. The episode coming up. About yeah. That. It'll it'll be a few days until the next launch, but. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm actually I'm actually very excited. Yeah, and for we really this are thankful, uh, and we'll talk about. And, and, and hey, here's the thing: if 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 one of if one of you really yeah. wants us to do a movie, honestly, really wants us to do a movie, uh, here's a hint: send us a copy, and we're much more likely to do it. Right? Because now the next movie this point we're doing is like, heck, dude, how can we not? Yeah, <laughs> we got to do a copy. it. So and nice. thank you so much, Kurt. We really That's appreciate awesome. that. that yeah, is awesome. we're really excited about yeah. it. So thanks so much, buddy. So. So anyway, um, so anyhow, anyway, um, if you want to find us online, 
Know that we do have a website, matchmadeinspace.com. That's where you can find the episodes. Or you can go, you know, just do us on, on uh, Apple Podcasts. Do us? Yeah, just do us. Just do, do us. us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, do, the, do the do with Apple Podcasts. I'm trying to get John to, to learn how to actually put and us on. And Allie, you put your podcast on other sites. I don't you remember know how, how to do, do it. it. Well, why are you making me do it? Because you're smarter than me. I know that, but that's not the point. So you, you do the research. You figure it out. Trying, anyway, to get, trying to get us on Spotify but if you, and Stitcher. If you, you can also contact us. Uh, you can contact us by email at matchmadeinspace at gmail.com. Or you can contact us on Facebook, uh, matchmadeinspace. Just find that on Facebook. Um, and you can send us a message there. I mean, that's how Kurt <laughs> found, found us. Um, we also are available on Twitter at MMIS Podcast. Or you can find, you can find John us individually. Uh, you can find yeah. You can find me at Hitler Buncher, mm-hmm. or you can find her at A L I underscore Goodman that's at right. Allie Goodman. And uh, I guess that's it. Um, Allie's really desperately trying to get me to get get that other Hard Grey's Night stuff uh, done. Uh, you know, for our other podcast uh, that I don't like doing, but <laughs> but apparently uh, I'm I'm really dragging my feet on that. So if you really want me to do that, light a fire under my light ass, a fire. I, I am the one dragging feet. Yep, Allie drags feet on this podcast. I drag feet on that one. Um, so uh, that's it. Uh, we are done, huh? Yeah, we are. I think so. This was I good. think. What are, do you remember? What you say now? I think I say something like, uh, "So this has been a match made in space." Signing off. Adios. It's not a baby. So, like, I don't want to, um, like, share our hand until, you know, the rest of the episode. But um, I did want to say one thing about this, this movie. No, go on. <laughs> At least it wasn't Cobra. I don't like this as an intro. <laughs>